Happen to Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. Monday, Monday, ba 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 da da da. You know, should we come out every Monday now? We're coming out Monday again. Monday last week, and I don't think that didn't contribute to me coming out Monday this week because I was saying to myself, I'm like, well, I could do a show on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whatever the fuck. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, I didn't come out till Monday last week. And <laughs> you know what? This is your fault. I don't want to overload you people on me. What if I give you a show on Monday, then I got a show on Wednesday, and you're like, what the fuck? We don't even know what to listen to here. We're, we're swamped with Mike. Nobody wants to be swamped with Mike. Nobody wants to drown in Mike. Nobody wants to find themselves reaching out of the bog of Mike like Don Stroud and then having Brenda Vaccaro shove you underneath in one of the most terrifying scenes of my childhood. Um, it was in a movie, by the way. Don't Please don't think I stumbled into Don Stroud being murdered by Brenda Vaccaro in real life. How, how crazy would that be? It's true. I was at the Indiana Dunes when I was 13, me and Mike Scott. Uh, he lost his retainer in uh, Lake Michigan. And then I watched Don Stroud be shoved underneath mud by Brenda Vaccaro uh, because it was a house by the lake. That was the movie I watched. Here's the thing. I got cable too soon when I was a child. I, we got cable when I was like seven. Now seven, let's see, 67, 74. Mm, no, more like nine. I got cable when I was nine and, uh, and we had no parental supervision. So we were watching fucking everything. We watched some, I forget, some movie where Sandra Locke was fucking naked and she queered off with some chick and they went at it. It was fucking lesbo stuff. That was fun. Uh, I like we watched all sorts of things that we shouldn't have been watching because again, my mom was busy working or doing other things. And then, like I said, I'm watching Brenda Vaccaro get... Now, I don't remember if she got gang raped in that movie. I'm hoping she didn't for Brenda's sake, certainly. And for Don Stroud's sake, I want to like the guy. Look, you see Don Stroud, you think to yourself, there's a guy that I could talk to, a guy I could be pals with, a guy I could split a chicken salad sandwich with, if possible. Do you think that when you see people you like? You ever see, let me, let me ask you this. Has that thought ever entered your mind when you met somebody new? This, this is somebody I could split a chicken salad sandwich with. I'll tell you what, if that is the first instinct you have when you see somebody, marry that motherfucker. Because that is that's the only level of intimacy you can possibly hope to achieve with somebody. That is the highest, the highest level of intimacy that you can possibly hope to achieve with somebody splitting a chicken salad sandwich with somebody, uh, which is not a porn term. It sounds like it is. Oh, yeah, she fucking she got done fucking face down, ass up. And I busted in there and split the chicken salad sandwich. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> she gave me that backdoor burger shot and I fucking came in and left a mess, made a goddamn mess. Uh, so I promise you Don Stroud is not dead or he might be dead now, but he wasn't killed by Brenda Vaccaro and certainly not in my presence. So please don't think that was anything that I did, but still, you know, Monday, as I've mentioned is now the, now if it's coming out on Monday, here's what I think. I don't know if it should be a thing that recaps the previous week or because it's coming out on Monday. Is it a, uh, a preview show? What if we did that? Oh, I can't do that. Here's what to expect this coming week. I'm not, I'm not fucking PM Mike magazine. That'd be fucking terrible. Uh, AM Mike Chicago. Uh, wait, no Mike a- AM. Oh, it should be just AM Chicago and it's all Mike Chicago, right? Or PM Mike post Mike Chicago. Let's do a recap. Let's do that. Let's do a post Mike show after this show. I'm going to start putting out a show on Monday and then I'll put a show on Monday night that kind of recaps this show. What the fuck? Hold on. This is a cottage industry. I just discovered in podcasting. I put out a Monday show that previews the coming week. And then Monday night, I put out a show that recaps this show. God damn. Big talk for a guy who can't get one fucking show out on time. I'm going to do two shows in a day. That's never happening. Monday, Monday, blah, la, da, dee, da. They're all dead, right? The mamas and or the papas. I believe so. Uh, John uh, Phillips. He's dead. Was it John Phillips? I think it was. 
Papa John. That's what I called him when he was in the Mamas and the Papas. Wait a minute. Did he open the pizza joint? I hope he didn't. No, that's the fucking idiot from Louisville. The guy who's racist and hates black guys, but then likes basketball. Like, what is wrong with you? Just I, does he, I can't understand. Like when racists like sports, is that just because they look at it as uh, as like slavery and those guys are performing for them? Are they fantasizing their plantation owners and every basketball or football player is somebody they own and they're sending them out there to go ahead and do their fucking bidding? Because why else would a racist like sports? Because you watch sports and uh, and there is a great minority presence, certainly. Uh, to the point where I would say it's almost a majority presence of people considered minorities in this country, at least in basketball and football, uh, hockey, not so much and baseball. Absolutely not, because baseball has worked very hard to keep the black people out. I don't know why they've done it. There's a I think I've talked about this before. There's now a black coalition of players called the Players Alliance, and they've been going to inner cities and giving out baseball equipment just to try to get kids interested in fucking baseball again, because baseball is an expensive sport. You know, I mean, you used to be able to play stickball and whatever the fuck. And you could say that was kind of like baseball. But if you're going to play baseball. You need mitts. Uh, kids need uniforms. And again, in basketball, you just wear a fucking tank top and shorts. And hey, guess what? I'm ready to play. Look at me. I'm on your team. But in baseball, you need nine kids in uniform. Baseball's like a little army. Literally, Little League Baseball is like a little army. You need to go ahead and suit these kids up so they all look like one another. So you can't because you don't want some fucking kid sneaking over and sabotaging your club. Just like warfare. Like I said, you can't have undercover. Oh, my God. What if you had undercover? See, they all must wear a uniform. And and then, of course, the manager or the, the guy from the car wash who sponsors your team has to wear the same exact shirt that the little kids do, because that's the one baseball rule that has maintained itself throughout the fucking years is that for some reason, the manager needs to wear burlap. I don't fucking get it. I don't know why the manager has to look like the players. I like this trend where the, the, the managers are now wearing the jacket over the, the jersey so at least they can have some semblance of dignity when they walk out to change a pitcher, even though they tap their elbow, which also is silly as well. They should be able to do everything from behind a fucking, uh, like a co-pilot, like behind an iPad or something. Beep, bop, boop, bop, boop, bop, lefty. There you go. And he comes flying in. Just bring the game into the 21st century. That's all I ask for fuck's sake. You know, there used to be a manager for the Pittsburgh Pirates. His name was Chuck Tanner. If you don't know Chuck Tanner, look him up. Yeah, he was the manager of the We Are Family Pirates in 1979, who were uh, probably the most fun baseball team of my youth, even though, you know, I loved the Phillies. Certainly, I loved the Phillies. I loved the 80s Phillies, but the Phillies were kind of dour. The Phillies were a they were a somber bunch. You know what I mean? They didn't they didn't really get that was one of the Mike Schmidt criticisms. Our friend Mike Schmidt uh, was they said that he played like a robot. He didn't get too worked up. Then you'd see like George Brett leap to his feet because he got a home run taken away from him because of pine tar and he almost murdered three umpires in a row. He just wanted to fucking get out there and stomp and jump around. Mike Schmidt very rarely argued calls. He played uh, he, and he, he didn't show any emotion. So, of course, in Philadelphia, you're like, he doesn't care. The fucking Schmidt don't care. I don't know if that's a Philadelphia accent. I've been, but I don't have the nuances down. Uh, so people were down in the Phillies. I mean, we had fucking Larry Boa, who was a jagoff. Then they got Pete Rose, who brought them into more jagoffery territory. But you had Greg Luzinski, Gary Maddox, Bank McBride. These are good people. Dave Cash to Manny Trio, quiet. Bob Boone, soft-spoken. Steve Carlton, John Birch Society, unfortunately. Uh, isn't that weird when you find out some guy you like? You're like, I like this pitcher. He was my idol. And he's like, I think black people are inferior. You're like... Oh, man, just throw a slider and shut the fuck up. Honestly, I can't I can't with you anymore. But unfortunately, he did that. He built a mountain fortress. You want to you kill an afternoon? Go read about Steve Carlton. There was a great Inside Sports article. That used to be a magazine when I was a kid, like Sports Illustrated. There was an Inside Sports article about Steve Carlton. Lefty, they called him. Willie Stargell said hitting off of him was trying to hit, was trying to drink coffee with a fork. If you were a left-hander, try to, because Steve Carlton was amazing. He was just fucking... Here's how amazing Steve Carlton was. And and I'm going to get to other things soon. I promise. I know it's Monday. We're supposed to be previewing the upcoming week. But here's what Steve Carlton did. Steve Carlton, uh, he, in 1972, 
This is completely true. The Philadelphia Phillies won 59 games. I, that might even be high, but I, I'm pretty sure they won 59 games as a team in 1972, the Philadelphia Phillies. And uh, Steve Carlton was on that team, and he went 27-10 and 10 with an ERA under two. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Completely serious. This dude basically won half the team's games. Steve Carlton won 27 and 10 with an ERA under two and, uh, and, and on a team that won 59 fucking games. What the hell, man? And he just got better from there. They, you know, in 80, he was the, the, the fucking ace when they won the goddamn world series. Uh, but then again, like I said, you found out later that he believed in fucking phrenology and you're like, Oh man, you know what, dude, seriously, do me a favor. Just strike out fucking Omar Moreno. I don't need to hear your take on his skull. Don't tell me about that. Just just bust three sliders inside an Omar Moreno and have him sit down so he doesn't get on, even though you'll probably pick him up anyway because his pickoff move is amazing. Don't tell me about how inferior he is to you because of the shape of his head. Fuck off, Carlton. What a drag. So go read the Inside Sports article because, again, he was a fantastic pitcher and they were reading about They're like, oh, you know, Steve Carlton, let's do a preview. Steve Carlton built a mountain fortress. like, And I don't mean like a fortress in the mountains. I mean a fortress... In the mountains, as in he like tunneled out rock and he built a house in the rock somehow. Uh, he, he was a no, notoriously reclusive guy. He wouldn't talk to the fucking press. He and there's and thank God there was a reason because, again, he didn't talk to the press. Everybody's just like, ah, the mysterious Steve Carlton. Well, they didn't realize that the reason they didn't talk to the press was because he didn't want to reveal the fact that he thinks black people are fucking stupid. And I'm like, oh, man, God damn you, Steve Carlton. And he also played on a team with like fucking, like I said, Bake McBride and Gary Maddox. He played with like a bunch of black dudes who were fucking cool as shit. And that yet he carried these fucking views. So anyway, Inside Sports goes to do a story on him. And it's supposed to be just a you know general puff piece about a fucking athlete and blah, blah. And then they find out. He starts like copying all these beliefs and stuff, and he's got a bow and arrow and shit. I mean, he's all fucking maniacal. And they do this interview, and then they publish it, and everybody. And it turns out, Steve Carlton, he never wanted to do press. Okay, and so you're like, why is he doing press at this point? Well, because he lost all his fucking money because he trusted some agent who absconded with his cash, and so he had to start going to public appearances and things like that. So they had to make sure that Steve Carlton was somebody that could be paid attention to. So they're like, all right, man. Well, let's uh, let's you know what, Steve. Let's humanize you, man. Let's get you out into the public with an inside sports profile, and then we can start booking you for autograph shows. And he's like, fantastic. I can't wait for that guy to get here so I can pull out a black man's skull and hit it with a hammer. That's what I want to do. I want to show him how easily it cracks under pressure because their noodles are softer than ours. Wait, oh, oh, Steve. Oh, hold on a second, man. Why don't we just stick to you talking about your your bullpen routine? How about that? Terrific. That's fine. Uh, I used to throw 14 pitches, and then I'd throw 88 pitches because, you know what? I don't know if you understand. The 14 words and the okay oh my god Steve Carlton why don't you just stop with this nonsense uh please don't ask why his agent called him Steve Carlton but because I think at that point he didn't want to call him Mr. Carlton but he also didn't want to call him Steve because that seemed overly familiar for a guy who might have an SS tattoo on his calf so he's just like Steve really just all we need you to do is talk about how much you liked winning the World Series in 1980. Let's talk about your Cy Young Awards. And Steve Carlton just looks at him and goes, yes, and, and, and we can also talk about uh, the Nat Turner Rebellion and why that was a terrible idea. Oh, my God, stop. What is wrong with you? God damn it. Jesus, Steve, we're trying to make you some money here. We're the guys who didn't take your money. We're the guys who are trying to build you back up, right? So maybe you retreat to your rock fortress and, and, and rehearse good things with your wife so when the reporter comes, you don't blow it. And he's like, all right, no problem. And then the fucking reporter gets there and he walks out with like a loincloth on. Oh, man, what a fucking mess. But I didn't know that as a kid. 
I just know he played for the Phillies. So, uh, so I liked the Phillies, like I said, but they weren't, they weren't necessarily, you know, in 1980, again, they were always a team that lost in the playoffs in the seventies, but in 1980, they got their, their new manager was Dallas green and he was a complete jag off and Pete Rose was there and he was a fucking dick. And that's what they needed. They needed that fire to be lit underneath them. Cause I guess they were kind of passive. That was always, like I said, the knock against Mike Schmidt, best player in baseball, but also very passive. And so people didn't like the fact they thought that he didn't care. And it's like, no, he cared more than anything. He was fucking ulcered. He was so sick to himself whenever he didn't, he'd like get a pop up and he'd go in the fucking locker room and hit himself in the fucking face. Like he hated himself. if He didn't perform right. He was wound up tight is what I'm saying. He was wound up extremely tight. But then Pete Rose comes to town and starts giving him the nickname Herbie and Mike Schmidt relaxes and hits 48 bombs, including one against Montreal in fucking game two of a three game series at the end of the season to clinch the division. And then they just roll into the playoffs, beat the Astros, even though Schmidt had a terrible series. Then they go play the Royals and Schmidt hits 391 with two bombs and wins the fucking MVP. That was beautiful. That's a seminal moment of my lifetime. I was 13 years old and loving every second of it. But that doesn't mean as much as I loved them, my favorite team taking home the pennant, that does not mean that they were the best team I ever saw when I was a kid or the, my most favorite team. I, I loved the 79 Pirates. 79 Pirates were the We Are Family Pirates. They had 17 different uniform combinations. They had a, 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 a fucking closer who looked like he walked out of a comic book. He looked like Plastic Man. He was like 6'9", and he weighed 114 pounds, and he threw sidearm. He was ridiculous. That's Kent Tekulvi, uh, who initially, when you see him, you'd think, well, they'd keep him here in case they lock the bus and they don't have the keys. He's a Slim Jim. They just slide him between the door and pop the thing open. That's what he looked like. But then he got out there, and he baffled everybody with this weird sidearm octopus-type throwing, and everybody was like, what the fuck? He was insane. Then they had their, uh, their double play combination of Tim Foley and Phil Garner, the little pepper pot. They had the fucking mad dog, Bill Madlock at third base. You got Mike Easler on the bench, the fucking hitman. God damn, you had the Cobra, Dave Parker in right field. These guys were fucking insane. Omar Moreno, as I've mentioned already, the previously, the aforementioned Omar Moreno in center. Uh, I think John Milner might have been on that club just raking too. Just fucking guys hitting fucking John Candelaria, the candy man, fucking their top starter. I think Blylevin was there too, possibly Keeson. Who knows? Who knows? I'm just pulling pirates out of my ass now. But Chuck Tanner was the manager of that. And the whole reason we started talking about this, unbelievably, was because we were talking about how managers now wear the jacket over the jersey and they walk out and it's like, all right, well, this guy at least knows that he's an old man. He shouldn't be showing his fat rolls through his goddamn tight double knits. But Chuck Tanner, he went one further. He went one better. Chuck Turner in 79. And this is the thing that managers should do now. You know who else did it? Don Zimmer. The, the gerbil, they called him because he had a big fat face. And in that face, you know what? Everybody thought, oh my God, he stored nuts for the winter. Nope, two baseballs. That's why he always had a, you know, you ever see when they throw the baseballs to the umpire when that kid runs them out there and gives them to him? They're all stored in Don Zimmer's face. There's no ball bag. Nobody's got a ball bag. How dare you think there's a ball bag? Everything's stored in Popeye Zimmer, the gerbil's face. And they pull those balls out and they hand them over to the umpire and he goes, ooh, these are gloppy sloppy with the Zimmer spit. But who cares? That means right pocket, left pocket are ones that have been taken out of play. Uh, but Don Zimmer had this look at it, but it didn't work on Don Zimmer because, as I've mentioned, he was a uh, a tiny short man who looked like he looked like a, an enemy in a video game. Uh, the shape, not his face, his face. He just looked like old baseball codger who might have told Popeye a thing or two back in the day on the on the pier before Popeye set sail for the seven seas. You know what? That's what Don. Here's what Don Zimmer looks like. Look at his face. I'm not saying Google him right now. Google Don fucking Zimmer, the pop Popeye Don Zimmer, the gerbil. And uh, the reason they call him Popeye is because he knew Popeye as a youth. He's actually the man who gave Popeye his anchor tattoos. That's what Don Zimmer looks like. Google him and go, yeah, that looks like a fucking guy who might tattoo a sailor. And that's that's the kind of mug you want to walk through life with. You don't want to look suspicious. You don't want to be. You know what he wants to be a pretty boy. 
You want to look like the kind of guy who might be, uh, yeah, that's the kind of guy who looks like he might tattoo a sailor. And that's who he was, fucking Don Zimmer. So anyway, he stole this look and it didn't look good because his shape was so weird. He, he you know what he looked like? He looked, his shape was like the monsters who hop on. He looked like, you know what? Fuck this. He looked like Qbert himself. I was going to say he looked like the guys who hopped around with Qbert, but he absolutely, he, he had the shape of Qbert just round with a big fucking uh, trombone nose. But, uh, but Zimmer just had his face all pug. He looked like a pug dog on Qbert's body. I mean, there's a lot of descriptions of Don Zimmer. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. You never thought downloading this. You weren't thinking to yourself, oh, boy, I hope Mike goes full on on Don Zimmer here. I hope Mike tears into the myth of Don Zimmer. And at least if he doesn't even talk about his career, at least he talks about what he looked like. Oh, well, here you go. I'm telling you right now, this is what Don Zimmer looked like, for Christ's sake. Don Zimmer looked like the Quato from Total Recall, physically completely grew out of the guy's body and retained a human shape. He looks like a human Quato, not even because you'd be like, oh, my God, that guy's got a Quato. Nope. He looks like a Quato grew out and then started walking around in double knits and coach and tattooing sailors. If you if you got a Quato, a Quato who's tattooing sailors and then becomes an inspirational baseball coach. And then for some reason, when he's 97 years old, tries to fight Pedro Martinez in a playoff game. Now you got Don Zimmer. Now you're talking. Now you're talking about Popeye um, baseball lifer. See, that's when baseball was colorful. You had idiots like him. You got Don Zimmer out there just fucking covered in chew spit, looking like Qbert, calling for the hit and run. And then now you got all these Ivy League dudes who are all like fucking quaffed and, and wondering if they part their hair all the same way. Jesus, fuck. It just, it's just Stepford managers at this point because the whole game is run by analytics. Now, do I still love baseball? Yes. Is it still my favorite? Yes. Did I fucking go crazy this week thinking about baseball and still dove into a YouTube hole staring at games? Yes, I did because I love it. But at the same time, it's not like, uh, like I said, when I was a kid, it was just a lot of, there was a lot of Herman Franks out there, a lot of fat baseball managers who just, they, they looked like they ate cigarettes and, and gobbled whiskey and they liked it. That was their deal. None nobody, nobody who managed a team in the 1970s, uh, looked like they ate a meal that didn't include three sets of carbs. Someone, someone who ate just like noodles with bread and rice, just like a Tommy Lasorda who died this week. We lost Tommy Lasorda this week. He was one of the last fucking connections to the old school dudes. And Tommy Lasorda was just a fucking guy who was just a, a fiery Italian, like a hot blooded guy who would yell and he did. And this is totally true. If you don't know, if you don't believe me on this, Tommy Lasorda had no sense of humor. Like he had his own sense of humor when he made his own jokes. But if you made jokes about Tommy Lasorda, he was fucking furious because he would, uh, he would get made fun of by the Philly fanatic in Philadelphia. You know, the Philly fanatic, big green guy who fucking spits a tongue out of his nose. He would uh, he would make fun of Tommy Lasorda and then fucking Lasorda wanted to fight him and then did like one time he actually chased him out there, stole his fucking car and say and then tried to throw punches on him. It was fucking terrible because the uh, the fanatic had a, a, an inflatable Lasorda and he was stomping at her, a stuffed Lasorda, which I you know what? I feel uncomfortable saying stuffed Lasorda because uh, that's redundant. The man himself was stuffed Lasorda. You know, you don't get a stuffed Lasorda. Nobody goes in and says, give me the stuffed Lasorda. Because if you do, there's quite a danger that Tommy Lasorda himself will wander into the venue and go, what the fuck did you want? He'd be like, whoa, whoa, I just wanted the stuffed Lasorda. And he goes, hey, hey, that's me. Gabagool, stuffed Lasorda, right? Did you know I knew Frank? Baba Babu. I don't know why Tommy busts out a Baba Babu. I don't know if that's a Sinatra thing, uh, but he did know Frank. He knew all the Italian idiots. That's his fucking deal. That's, that's how fucking Lasorda handled his business. Lasorda, man, he managed the Dodgers. And again, a beautiful, pristine uniform. And I mentioned Herman Franks is covered in chew spit. Lasorda's just covered in fucking marinara. He's just got sauce all over his face. That's a saucy cat. He's just got sauce on his hands, sauce. And, and you know what? That's why I say in the in the one pocket, you got the Zimmer spit. In the other one, you got the fucking Lasorda sauce. If the fucking Cubs ever played the Dodgers, whenever Lasorda and Zimmer were in, and I think they were great friends, whenever they were in there, they both stored the balls in their mouth. 
You got the you got the Zosorda marinara and you got the fucking Zimmer fucking spit and you got it right there and the and the umps. Oh, the umps had to wear gloves those days. When Zimmer and Losorda were about and they were storing the balls for the umps, well, I'll tell you this. The umps were very careful to don as many gloves as they possibly could. That's right. They had to wear multiple gloves, two on each hand, because the Zimmer spit was caustic. And the Losorda marinara, unless you cut it with butter, was also acidic. So you can't go, you can't have acidic and caustic on your hands all day because then you burn off your fingerprints. And then you're like, you know what? I should stop being an umpire and become a bank robber because they'll never be able to find my prints. I don't know what kind of umpire is nefarious enough to think that he should give up a good career as a fucking umpire and go rob banks just because he doesn't have fucking fingerprints. But how do I get into the head of a fucking uh, Harry Wendelstedt? I can't do that. I can't get into the head of a Bruce Fremming. These are umpires. <laughs> I can't get into the head of a Ron Luciano. How the fuck am I supposed to know what these guys think? Jesus Christ, listen to me. And I'm, I'm very confident in saying this. If you, if you right now, if you turn to anybody within earshot, anyone at all, and just go name three umpires, they're not going to fucking do it. That's why this show is special. That's why this is a show that people love and continue to return to. That's why people are like, you know what? I want to fucking hear this goddamn guy. If he knows three umpires, I couldn't possibly get anything else out of anybody else. Uh, John McSherry, if I mentioned him. All right. Um, so... Anyway, the 79 Pirates. Anyway, I love it. Why do I put the anyway in there? Anyway, enough of this crazy umpire talk. Let's get back to the 79 Pirates. Nobody wants to hear about the 79 Pirates. And yet I persist like Hillary Clinton. And yet she persisted. Well, right now there's a whole audience of people out there going, fuck the 79 Pirates. And yet he persisted. He decided to talk more and more about them. Why? Because why fucking not? Because go look at the uniforms and I defy you. I dare you. I dare you to Google the 79 Pirates. The 79 We Are Family Pirates. Willie Sargent with his fucking bat spin around and fucking again, the, the Cobra, the fucking Cobra in right field. Put the Cobra in the Hall of Fame. Get off my dick and put the Cobra in the fucking Hall of Fame. And yes, he did a lot of coke, but so fucking what? It was the 70s. Everybody did goddamn coke. I bet even Lasorda's doing fucking coke. He didn't know it. It was like Sinatra was just like, hey, how you doing? Here's some Italian wake-up powder. And he's like, fine. Hey, go, go, go. And then fucking sort of as high as a fucking kite. But he doesn't know because Sinatra and fucking uh, Jilly Rizzo gave it to him. Jilly Rizzo said, hey, hey, man, take a bump of this Italian wake-up powder. Sure thing, Jilly. Oh, Lasorda, look at me, won't sleep. Um, but the 79 Pirates were led by a man named Chuck Tanner. Chuck Tanner is the leader of that team. Now, and, and I'll tell you what, this is the reason why Chuck Tanner's a legend. Look at Chuck Tanner and you go, there, that's that's a guy who's the dean of a middle school. That that fella, that fella just looks like the principal of a high school. That dude looks like he might have been a, some sort of professor somewhere because he just looked like a normal cat. He look, he could he could have been a fucking, like I said, a dean at a middle school. He could have owned a gas station, whatever. He just looked, he didn't look like these other idiots. Like I said, Lasorda with the big fucking Cubert body or Zimmer with the covered in chew spit and Herman Franks, these other fat, even Dallas Green looked like a fucking dope because they got to wear the uniform, right? So Chuck Tanner realizes that. He's like, oh, I can't look like these idiots in the fucking uniform. So here's what Chuck Tanner does because uh, they give all these fucking managers the, the, the awesome satin jacket. That uh, I, I, as a child was my dream purchase. But then when you get older, you're like, I can't pull off that look. As a kid, nothing more I wanted than like a burgundy Phillies jacket. Like a, it's a windbreaker, a satin windbreaker with the big white P on it. Oh, my God, did I want that more than anything in the fucking world? But you realize when you get older, you're like, I can't pull off this look. Jesus Christ. That just it's garish. Because, again, look at the managers. The managers wear it. and You're like, Ugh, look at that fucking guy. He looks like he should be parking fucking cars at Disneyland. What the fuck is with the color outfit he's got on? Uh, that's a grown man. That grown man shouldn't be wearing that outfit. I'd love to. I wish I could. 
It's it, that's see, that's the tragedy of life. When you're a child, there's all these things you want and you couldn't live without. And then you get old enough to afford them. And you're like, those are stupid. That's the thing a 12 year old would buy. Well, yes, of course, we need to all be rich at birth. If we could all be like Richie Riches and go out and buy whatever the fuck we want and just walk around in our stupid clothes and eat whatever the fuck we want. How great would that be if every every child was rich? That's the only reason to win the lottery. That's the only reason to become a billionaire. So then you can make sure every kid's got 100 grand out of the womb so he can go buy a stupid jacket. It's fucking awesome. Hook these kids up. Hey, what do you like? Gold soup? Here it is. Bang. Hey, what do you want? Fucking pants that look like fucking Asia? Here, you got it. Go ahead and throw them on. You know what? I'm not even going to lie to you. My brain thought of, because again, I'm talking super fast. My brain thought of vitamins shaped like Asia, which was a bit from the fucking cartoon things. And I just went pants shaped like Asia. I don't even know why. Or I said pants that look like Asia. Jesus. See, that's what's that's bouncing around in my fucking head. You're like, how does he store four umpires in there when he's got vitamins shaped like Asia lurking? I couldn't tell you. I got no idea. And I, But I got to be honest, so far, the first 20 minutes of this show is a clearance sale. Everything must go. I'm clearing every goddamn reference out of my fucking head. <laughs> Let me get a sip of water. Ah, let's get some water. Yeah, it's calmed down. Let's drink it up. Chuck Tanner is a man who realized what he was going to look like a fucking dope. Because, all right, look, I'll be honest with you. The pirate uniforms are gorgeous. There's black and yellow color schemes with like black tops and yellow pants, yellow tops and black pants, fucking white tops and black pants, white tops and gold pants. Oh, my God. Just and the pillbox hat with the Stargill stars. This is the most fashionable team in baseball history, ladies and gentlemen. I, I will not hear otherwise. Get off my dick. These guys, even Tim Foley looked good. And Tim Foley looked like your accountant's accountant. Jesus, Phil Garner had a fucking... Big, he looked, Phil Garner looked like the kind of cowboy he gets killed in the first five minutes of a movie. That dude. He looks like the guy who falls off the roof and does the Wilhelm scream. That's who fucking Garner looks like. He looks like who Jake Cahill would kill in Bounty Law. That's who fucking Phil Garner looked like. And yet, and yet, and yet, in that pirate's uniform with the pillbox hat and the Stargill stars, Phil Garner looked like your hero. You're like, look at this fucking guy. God damn, I want to be Phil Garner. And I got news for you. Nobody in their fucking life ever wanted to be Phil Garner, except for the fact when he was clad in the pirate togs. When you're clad in the pirate togs, everybody's like, look at that fucking guy. He's awesome and cool. It's Phil Garner. He's not cool. Yes, he is. I love him. But Chuck Tanner realized that even though he was going to be wearing the gold tops with the black pants or the gold with the white or the white with the black or whatever the fuck, any other ridiculous way they wanted to outfit him, he's like, look, man, I, I look like... Mike Schmidt's sixth grade uh, social studies teacher, Mr. Halderson. I mean, I can't pull this off. And they're like, of course you can. By the way, I think I was, in, was I in sixth and 79? No, I was in eighth and 79. Yeah, I was in eighth grade. All right. So then did he look like David Shaw, my English teacher? No, he did not. Did he look like Ann Kane, the honey bear who taught gym class and gave me unbelievable hard-ons in my youth? No, he, she, he did not. Which is good for Chuck Tanner. You don't want to look like a fucking hot cheerleader if you're coaching the fucking because uh, at that point, because the Cobra's fucking doing rails, he's gonna tag everybody. If you believe me, the Cobra comes in coked up and you look like Ann Kane, former honey bear, now gym teacher at Hubert H. Humphrey Middle School. And Chuck Tanner, you're in danger, man. The Cobra might get you into a fucking broom closet and give you the fucking business. And you know what? You're the manager of the team. To keep the seventy nine pirates together, you gotta take it. You gotta be willing to have sex with Dave Parker in order to go ahead and win the World Series against the Orioles in October. Will you do that, Chuck Tanner? Will you? Well, you don't have to worry about that because you don't look like Ann Kane, honey bear. You look like Mr. Halderson, social studies teacher. So you've got uh, you've got Chuck Tanner and he's, he realizes he's going to wear the fucking pirate outfit. He's got to wear this, the top and the that and the bottom and whatever the fuck. And uh, <laughs> they give him this satin jacket, which is even crazier looking. It's like yellow with with black fucking stripes. I mean, it, it just 
It it uh, you could see it from space. That's all I'll say about the pirates' uniforms, especially the satin jacket they gave Chuck Tanner. You could see the fucking thing from space. So what? Here's what Chuck Tanner does. Chuck 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 Tanner realizes. Look, the uniform is badass. I don't exactly pull it off because I'm a fucking sixty year old man, but I'll do my best. But then they give him the jacket. He's like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me." This this looks like I'm a a waiter at fucking uh, at the Hard Rock Baseball Cafe. I, I can't wear this fucking thing. They're like, you gotta wear it, Chuck. He's like, I all right. So here's what Tanner does. He fucking comes up with the innovation of all innovations. Tanner puts the pirate's jacket on first, and then puts the jersey over it. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah, fucking Tanner, he puts the fucking jersey over the jacket. It looks astonishingly good. And he realizes it. He, he's like, he puts it on. Because first he puts the jacket on. And he's like, I can't do this. But there's a fucking sweatshirt. And he's like, well, you know what? And he throws the jersey over it. And he goes, holy fuck. This looks good. This looks real good. But goddamn, I don't know if I can pull this off. I don't know if this is a thing that I can do. And and you know what? He was He had a crisis of conscience until... The hitman Mike Easler came into the room and looked and went, oh, man, coach, you look badass. And with the help of the hitman Mike Easler and and also John Milner and the ghost of Al Oliver and every other cool ass pirate who was there in the 70s, Chuck Tanner had the courage to put the jacket under the jersey, walked out into the locker room and everybody went, whoa, come on. And uh, and, and there you go. A star was born. Chuck Tanner. Realized he didn't want to look like every other manager in the goddamn league, but he still wanted to wear the fucking top, but he had to wear the jacket, but he couldn't put the jacket over it because he looked like a fucking garish idiot. And so what did they do? He put the jacket on and then he put the jersey over it and he changed the game forever. And then that team in 1979 went on to win the World Series in seven games, defeating Jim Palmer and the Baltimore Orioles, defeating John Let It Be Lowenstein and Gary Renicky and the Baltimore Orioles putting them in a goddamn seven-game barrel and rolling them down to fucking hill. Did the Pirates come back from 3-1? I don't know if they did. They might have. Pirates might have come back from 3-1 in that series. Or were they up 3-1 and then the Orioles made it 3-3 and then they won game seven in Baltimore? Because I know Pittsburgh definitely won game seven in Baltimore. Uh, Stargell hit a bomb to fucking clinch it. Stargell. Or at least to put him ahead. Stargell pops, they called him. Coffee with a fork. All right. Uh... (laughs) So, so that's what Chuck Danner did, man. He changed the whole game. He changed it all around by putting on the jacket under the jersey. But now, again, you've got like the Phillies. Dude, a couple of years ago, the Phillies hired a guy named Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler looks looks like uh, a, a porn star named Dick Ryder. I mean, literally, he looks like a fucking like a a male porn star. Just for, uh, and and yes, of course, jumping the fence, porn star. Just Gabe is just he's just chiseled. I mean, again, he was a guy who he wrote an article about jerking off with coconut oil. And that's not a joke. Like, I'm not even lying about that. It was before he was a manager. Certainly, it's not like he took the managerial job. And went, You know what I got to do? Let's talk about my jerk off habits. No, he was a he's a fucking uh, you know, he's got an eight pack. He's one of those dudes He's all fucking ripped. He's on the cover of Muscle Fitness. And he was a life, you know, he's a minor, major leaguer. He played in the league. But then when he left, he was all about fitness. He was a fitness dude. So he was talking about fucking, you know, discipline and how you eat. And uh, he was talking about lubing himself up with coconut oil to make himself look good or whatever the fuck. And he was like, there's other uses for coconut oil too. Wink, wink, jerking off and banging a chick in the tail. And everybody's like, whoa, Kapler. And then the Phillies went, you know what? That's the kind of innovator we need managing our club. And everybody went, what the fuck are you doing, man? 
So they hire this guy. He leaps out of GQ and, and it wouldn't have mattered. He could have worn the fucking pirate outfit. He could have worn the fucking pirate jacket. He could have worn any of these ridiculous fucking costumes managers have to wear now. Or or he could have managed in a fucking goddamn thong, a goddamn uh, a ball slingshot. And he would have been like, yep, there's, there's Kapler. That's our guy. And look, was I behind the Kapler hiring? Yes, I was. I thought it was a good idea. It was out of the box. He was an analytics guy and I thought he was going to be good. And then in this first game ever, he showed he had no touch for the bullpen or players. And so the Phillies have fired him now and it's about fucking time. But still, but still. In the beginning, I have to admit that I was on board because I don't want anybody writing me now and just going, well, hey, Mike, wouldn't you love Gabe Kepler? I, I don't know who, what cartoon character that is who's upset at me. Hey, Mike, didn't you like Gabe? I'm Eeyore. Eeyore, Eeyore is very upset. Eeyore keeps track of all of my baseball talk. Hey, Mike. Or is that Snuffleupagus? That might be Snuffleupagus more than Eeyore. They're the same guy, right? They got to go to the same therapy sessions, right? If there's a cartoon therapy session... It's fucking Droopy Dog, Snuffleupagus, and fucking Eeyore. Just the three of them out there just going, uh, you know what? I'm sad. Hey, Droopy. <laughs> I'm sad, too. Hey, so am I, Snuffy. Thanks, Eeyore. Uh, <laughs> that's a it's a small therapy session. Can we think of any more depressed? Uh, you got to think Elmer Fudd's in there, right? That guy's fucking depressed. Never gets laid. Always outsmarted by a rabbit. Can't pronounce his R's. That's fucking enough. So that guy's like, get me a chair in that meeting. <laughs> you know what? I'm sad too, Dwoopy. <laughs> am I auditioning for voiceovers? What the fuck am I doing right now? <laughs> I'm going to get that. Uh, when they do that Eeyore slash Snuffleupagus superhero road film, that road picture, we're on the road to Sesame Street. Then it'll be Eeyore and Snuffleupagus on the road meeting Milo and Otis and Peaches and Herb and Rizzoli and Isles and uh, and and Smith and Walensky. That's that's who it is. That's the movie. It's Rizzoli and Isles and Tom and Jerry and Smith and Walensky and Snuffleupagus and Eeyore and uh, Peaches and Herb. And they're all out on the road together. They're out on Ampersand Lane just getting shit done. <laughs> God damn it. You know what? Let's take a sip of soda. And call it soda, even though it's water. <sighs> All right, I gotta take a breath. There's a lot of talking and a lot of breathing. Um, so some of you might be thinking to yourself, you know what, Mike? Are you uh are you just gonna you just gonna talk about cartoons and baseball all day? Don't you wish you could? Don't you wish you could just talk about cartoons and baseball all goddamn day? Don't you wish I would? Uh I, I part of me wants to. Like literally part of me was like Because again, look, here it is. It's fucking Sunday night. All right. So one of the reasons that I I went into a spiral is I I, I did the the, the weird thing again where I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to wait for some more revelations. I'm going to see what happens and I'll speak to those because news seem to be breaking all the goddamn time. Right. Uh, In case you don't know what's happening, I'm I'm here to tell you about uh, I don't know if you heard last week. This is a big deal. Uh, Brace yourselves. Have a seat. Sit down. Um, Last week. Okay. The. uh, the Democrats won both Senate runoff seats in Georgia, and now they control the Senate. What? You're goddamn right. I'm sure you didn't see that anywhere. I'm here to, I, you know, because a lot of you people just hold off. You wait to hear from me what the news could possibly be. And I, you know what? I'm here right now on your podcast. We're going to change the name to Extra Extra. And I'm going to bring you this knowledge. Uh, John Ossoff, who uh, I guess is a guy, and then uh, the Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is also a guy, defeated Kelly Loeffler who is a robot, and uh, David Perdue, who uh, is from the chicken family, I think. That guy, uh, look, don't, don't. 
You can't vote for the guy who ran the Holocaust for chickens. You can't do that, right? So there's no re- there's no doubt that he lost. Who out there among you? Who among you is like, you know what? Hmm, who should I vote for? Should I vote for the uh, the nondescript plain guy who might get stuff done, or or do I vote for the <laughs> the the organizer of the chicken Holocaust? Which will it be? This poultry murderer, this guy who vaguely smells of feathers and sadness, this guy who who you ever seen a beak frown? If you if you never have, bring it around David Perdue. Because you think to yourself, those beaks are like solid, right? And they're like, oh, they don't go anywhere. Nah, dude, you bring you fucking you bring a chicken around David Perdue. They know they can they can smell it. That guy's got the scent of the abattoir all over him, for fuck's sake. And chickens are just like, bark, bark, bark. Hey, there's a little seat the therapy session if you want. Maybe Foghorn Leghorn goes. I say, well, I, I say I'm depressed. Uh, <laughs> I don't I this show is dumb. It's very dumb. And that's fine. I like dumb. Uh, so David Ossoff, or no, David, no, that's not him. It's uh, John Ossoff. He defeats David Perdue, who has the smell of the abattoir on him with frowning chickens all about. And then, uh, and, and look, it was close. It, it was, it was super close. I think it was like a hundred votes for each guy or whatever the fuck. Like, no, one guy won like 11,000, uh, because Kelly Loeffler, again, these fucking look. Okay. I, I, I saw Reverend Raphael Warnock or, and, and I, I found him to be an impressive man. I liked his ads. Do I know a fucking thing about the guy? No. Is he also claiming to not be a politician? Yes. Which again, that's worked out so well for us so far. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna admit, man, look, everybody hates politicians. Yes, I know. And, and, but I just, what if, what if here's hear me out, hear me out. What if instead of constantly voting for people who aren't politicians, Hey, look, let's, uh, you know what? Who's running? It's the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker. Let's put them in the fucking office. That's a good plan. Right. Don't you think? Hey, there's a guy who used to be a plumber. He was always elbows deep in shit. That guy knows my plight. Let's throw him in, t- in, in charge of some complicated legislation instead of this. Or instead of the other way, hey, let's vote for Kelly Loeffler, a multi-billionaire whose house can be seen from space. Why don't we vote for her? Because I'm sure she knows what the common man wants and needs. Hey, let's vote for the woman who bought a WNBA team as a lark, probably just because she liked the popcorn in the fucking arena. Let's vote for her. Someone who's got that kind of disposable cash, you know, one of those people who you're like, hey, man, can you loan me a couple of bucks? And they reach into their purse and you, and they a Fabergé egg falls out. You know, those fucking people that you're tired of these fucking billionaire cocksuckers who are fucking ruining everything. Uh, it, and that's but that's the problem. That's the choice. Now, that's everything we've got. It's always like uh, I'm a, I'm I made my way through this world by hard scrabble. And uh, and uh, certainly not the fact that I knew 14 lobbyists and my dad knew the Rothschild. So anyway, vote for me. And everybody's like, yay, look at the size of my house. You know how some people have a 10 car garage? I have a fucking 15 garage garage. That's right. And that means I have 150 cars in there. Vote for me. All right, let's vote for this dickhead. Why not? I'm sure he cares about me because one day I might be rich too. And I'll want to have 150 cars in fucking 15 car garages. Jesus, fuck. That's the problem. The, the, the decision is always between it's, you know what it is? This is completely true. And there, some of you are going to know what I mean. Most of you won't, but I'm still going down this road. For some reason, I always say that politics is wrestling, all right? We see it all the time. They're all cutting promos on one another. 
and then they lie and then they just do bullshit. And it's just you just watch it from afar. They always said, like, you know, politics is is Hollywood for ugly people. D.C. is Hollywood for ugly people because it's another way to get on TV. It's another way to be famous, another way to affect whatever the fuck change or get fucking rich because you're, you're stealing money because you want to help your rich buddies, whatever the fuck. I don't know. Or you think you're going to get something done and then you get ground to the nub like Jimmy Stewart and fucking Mr. Smith goes to Washington and everybody thinks you're heroic, but then you die on a pile of mail. And everybody's like, oh, man, what a that guy had our best interests at heart. Anyway, let's drag him out and bring in a plutocrat. Let's bring that guy in. Let's 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 bring in the guy who eats cereal out of a crown. Could we get that guy and vote for him, please? What the fuck is happening? That's the issue. We don't we don't have there's no guys who just who just get it done. You know what I mean? There's no politicians who are like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to vote for things I think are good. And I'm going to help you guys. No, it's always, like I said, it's always some billionaire fuckhead who's like, Hey, don't tell anybody, but I own the moon. You know what I mean? those jerks, those guys are always running and they're always running against a guy who's like, I've been digging ditches since I was 14 and now I'm 71. My elbows hurt. Put me in Congress. Okay. Let's do that for that guy. It's just, there's no, there's no middle management. There's just, just no normal guys who go into because you can't be normal and go into politics. You're either on the grift or you're or you're just again, you're tired of digging ditches. You're like, and that's the problem is people can't they either get bamboozled by the fucking billionaire idiot. Like I said, Kelly Loeffler is just is I don't know if you're aware of this. Her father invented the dollar sign. Did you know this? Her literally this is completely true. Kelly Loeffler's father, in he he copyrighted it. That's why she's so rich. He invented the dollar sign. Uh, and so that's why she's got all this fucking money. And, and, you know, any look, man, if you've got free range giraffe, you don't belong in office. And again, I've said this before. Why do these fuckheads want to run? I don't, I don't get it. Well, I want to help the, uh, the little guy. No, you fucking don't. You want to help the little guy stay out of his fucking way. You got $800 billion. What the fuck are you running for office? Who wants to go to work? Fuck power. If, if you've got a, look, if you've got a billion dollars, you already have power. You know what that power is? The power to get on a plane and go wherever the fuck you want anytime you want and do whatever the fuck you want all the goddamn time. You could you could go to the Antarctic and kill a fucking abominable snowman. You could climb Mount Everest and then buy it, you fuck. You could do any of that shit. You got a billion dollars. Why would you waste your time with legislation and garbage? Why would you pretend to be something you're not when these, like Kelly Loeffler, when she was campaigning, she's out there in fucking like plaid shirts she, she doesn't know what plaid is. She has no fucking clue. She looks at plaid and she's like, why does this shirt look like my 18th century chessboard that I bought at auction for $4 million? No, 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 no. It's plaid. That's a plaid shirt is what that is. That's a, well, it looks like a smaller version. All these squares belong on a chessboard that I purchased from the, the fucking estate of Rasputin. Shut the fuck up. She's wearing trucker hats. That fucking chick is wearing trucker hats. I wouldn't be shocked if she went to a truck stop and blew a guy through a glory hole just to go, yeah, you know, I'm one of you guys, whatever the fuck. Jesus Christ, trucker hats. You're a billionaire. Act like it. And by act like it, I mean, I never want to hear your name or see your face. Go be a shadowy fucking plutocrat. Don't fucking show up and be like, hey, here's what I want. The light of the cameras. Why? You've already got money. You've you've won. This, this is like somebody winning the gold medal at the Olympics and like crossing the finish line and then just fucking going into a dead sprint and running another lap just to pass everybody a second fucking time. Can I get a second gold medal? No, you can't, you fuck. Well, I should get, I should get two gold medals. I, I ran the race twice. Well, nobody else did. You're supposed to run the race once. Nobody gives a fuck. Quit, quit putting Klieg lights on yourself if you have a billion dollars because there's a lot of people struggling who could use fucking, oh, I don't know, a billion pennies. Give somebody a billion pennies. Could you do that? 
Well, don't actually do that because these rich fucks will do that. Oh, yeah, you know what? I have a grain silo full of pennies. You can go ahead and have at them. Have as many as you can carry because they did. They just loaded. You think? Because it's funny. During the pandemic, you know how they said we were running out of change? Hey, we have no more change. We're going to round up or round down on your card or whatever the fuck. That's because all the rich people hoarded the change and put it in grain silos. Right now, if you go to any, if you go to fucking Jeff Bezos' house, he's got four grain silos full of nickels. Just in case. Just in case. Everybody's like, what about Bitcoin? What about, well, no, no, no. It's the future is nickels, my friends. Go ahead and fucking realize it. Go ahead and think about it. Go ahead and realize that you just need a silver Jefferson in your pocket. Everything's going to be okay. Now, if you got four grain silos full of silver Jeffersons, then you're fucking amazing. Dude, let me ask you this. What, how much, how much would, if you had a grain silo, truly a full-size grain silo full of nickels, uh, first of all, the, the walls couldn't hold it, right? There's nothing. You couldn't reinforce enough concrete to hold all that steel pressing out. I wouldn't think that's a lot of stuff. But also, how much could be in there? Like, let's do that like a jelly bean in a jar. I'm going to it's a contest right now. I'm going to throw it out there to you guys. Go ahead and tell me how many you think if you had if you filled a grain silo with nickels. Boy, that's a lot of fucking money. Now that I think about it, Kelly Lofter doing the right thing. But she went with pennies because, again, she's not as rich as fucking Bezos. Bezos goes nickels. But again, these fucking idiots, these are the ones who run for office. Why be like Mark Cuban? Do I like Mark Cuban? I don't know. I guess I'm kind of on the fence. I don't care one way or the other. But at the same fucking time, he seems like a billionaire who knows what the fuck to do. He created some fucking company that was bullshit, sold out before everybody realized it was bullshit, and then he was rich. Then he bought a basketball team, and now he spends his entire time with his arms crossed yelling at fucking referees. How, would, how about a, that's a great life. If you're a kid, just don't, don't fucking be like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a teacher. Just go, you know what I want to be? I want to be independently wealthy so I can sit courtside and yell at Jake O'Donnell all day. That's all you want to fucking do. We got a lot of referee talk in this game. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and yell at Jake O'Donnell. That's all you got to do. That's that's what a billionaire should be doing. This thing where they think billionaires should be carving legislation and shit like that. Do you, do you really think that a billionaire is going to write regis- legislation that's good for you? The person who's thinking about possibly getting a second job just because and not, not because they like jobs. They're, believe me, nobody out there is like, oh, man, I got to get a second job because I love jobs. No, man. People want to keep paying for food and putting their kid through school and shit like that. That's stuff a billionaire will never have to fucking endure. He'll never have to think about that. She, Kelly Loeffler, will never have to go, oh, man. It, like You know how most people are like, man, I, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. She, she's living bank to bank. and in the, uh, But not because if one, one's empty. No, she she's fills up a bank and goes, I better find another bank. She's just filling banks up with money. I'm living grain silo to grain silo, just filling it up with pennies and just going, here I go, man. I got an emergency. It's That's her. You might have a, you got a piggy bank. She's got a grain silo filled with change. Jesus fucking, but these are the people we're supposed to vote for. And look, I don't know a fucking thing about John Ossoff. I know that Kelly Loeffler or David Perdue tried to make him look more Jewish in a fucking, and this, that, again, <laughs> that's the kind of dumb shit rich people think of because they, if that if that alone doesn't say to you what is wrong with the fucking world, David uh, David Perdue, who was John Ossoff's opponent, put out an attack ad and they made like John Ossoff's nose bigger in it so he would look more Jewish. What is what does that say about David Perdue? What does that say about the state of Georgia? What does that say that they think making him look more Jewish would make him look like somebody they didn't want to vote for? I understand people getting mad at David Perdue because, look, that's some sneaky, dirty tricks, fucking uh, Willie Horton bullshit. All right. There's no doubt that's fucking terrible. But they wouldn't do that shit if it worked. If it, or I'm sure they wouldn't do that shit if it didn't work. Right. So you got to question. What about the people in Georgia? Are they like, oh, you know, I kind of like John Ossoff, but his nose looks really big. Does he own the media? What the fuck, Georgia? 
No, just vote for a dude who's going to, and, and again, but that's the thing is I vote for a dude who's going to work for you. I don't even know if John Ossoff's going to work for you. I can't fucking endorse this cat. The only good thing is he hasn't killed a billion chickens. Like, think about that. That's, if I was David and fucking Purdue, I'd look at John Ossoff and John Ossoff's whole campaign should be, you know what? I didn't kill a billion chickens. And I know we're all hypocrites because everybody likes fucking Poyo Mole or whatever the fuck, but still don't vote for the chicken killer. Vote, vote for for the pretend commercial Jew. <laughs> so stupid. This country is the dumbest country on the fucking planet. And then same thing with Kelly Loeffler. She's running against Reverend Raphael Warnock. And then they're like, they made his skin darker in an ad. And and I don't know what that even accomplished. Like he is, is that the spinal tap strategy? Literally they're just, Oh, you see my opponent. There is none more black. <laughs> You couldn't vote for him, right? You know what happened with fucking Spinal Tap and Smell the Glove? They had to go fucking straight black. And now there is none more black. And that's my opponent. And uh, and you know what? I'll tell you this. If you vote for my opponent, he will turn this state into a hellhole. Fuck off. They made him more black. Because again, what does it say about Georgia that they thought that would work? What does it say about Georgia that they went, oh my God, look at that guy. I can't be. He's almost purple. Why? I'll tell you what, that guy. He's, he's, he's so black, he's almost purple. I'm not voting for a plum. You fucking dicks. You racist assholes. How about you look at policy? And again, all you fucking religious assholes who are just like, I tell you what, whatever the Lord says. Okay, well, this guy's a reverend. Now, I'm no fan of religion or whatever the fuck, but if this guy's a reverend and the other chick has a church built out of gold and children's bones, then who the fuck do you think is the more religious person? I always love these billionaires where like when they used to talk to fuckneck and they'd be like, what's your favorite book of the Bible? I got to say all of them, all of them are huge. I love them. Shut the fuck. Don't pretend. Cause again, if you're, if you're going to get bamboozled by a Charlotte, well then again, fuck, if you're enough to be get bamboozled by the guy in the sky bullshit, you know what I mean? If there's like, Hey, there's a sky dad. Uh, he's kind of like your fucking pal. And again, he'll put you on his lap and feed you a peanut and then let you go off and meet. You can meet fucking uh, uh, Dizzy Gillespie. Go talk to him and see what's up. Fuck that, man. Oh, man. What if Dizzy Gillespie was a baseball manager? Jesus, the umpires have to wear three sets of gloves. Um, But this is always who we have to vote for. They're like, hey, vote for the billionaire guy. That guy's fucking awesome. Or vote for the guy who's pretending to be one of you. Well, that's both of them. Because, again, the billionaire is always constantly pretending to be the fucking I'm I'm a man of the people. Well, I'll tell you what. It's like when Bloomberg was running. Is there is there anything more unrelatable than a five foot two billionaire? Jesus fucking Christ. You might as well give him the oversized helmet Moranis wore in Spaceballs, for fuck's sake. That guy's a goddamn short villain. He's not a short king. That's a short villain. Bloomberg 5'2 with a billion dollars. Bloomberg Bloomberg 5'2 so short that he needs to stand on a million dollars to reach the microphone. Say, what does that say? And it's his out of his pocket. Literally, he goes to a debate. Bloomberg is so short he has to stand on a million bucks to get to the microphone. Now, look, you could say that figuratively, most of them are standing on a million bucks just to get to the microphone. (laughs) But he's literally standing on a million dollars to reach the fucking microphone. And he brought it from home. Hey, guys, do me a favor. Stack up this mill so I can get to the microphone and tell these people I'm just like them. Fucked you little wedding cake billionaire. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Oh, Jesus fuck. Unreal. And people buy it. People still fucking buy it. 
They think this guy's a good guy. Or just, just now Kamala Harris is on the cover of Vogue, which fuck, whatever. I, I stupid. I don't get it. Good for them. Good for her. Good for everybody. But then I guess Anna Wintour, uh, who runs Vogue, went with a different photo. I had to see this this weekend where everybody's just like, oh, did you hear Kamala Harris wanted to be in like a blue suit and a gold background, but instead they got her in her Chuck Taylors and looking like, you know, she doesn't look good in this photo and uh, fucking Anna Wintour Vogue is canceled. What the fuck? What the fuck? Kamala Harris shouldn't be on the cover of Vogue. She'd be on the cover of of U.S. News and World Report, but not on the cover of Vogue. Nobody should give a flying fuck about this kind of thing. Quit making these people heroes. Quit that, that, this whole, the person you want to have a beer with, the person that none of that shit should count. These people work for you. Vote for the one Who's going to do the shit that's closest to the way you want to live? But again, like I said, the problem is then the ones they run are the billionaires or the fucking hard scrabble assholes who pretend to be fucking you and they're not you. None of these guys are you. Do I think Reverend Raphael Warnock is a good man? Probably. Do I think David Perdue is a sleazy fucking guy? I do. Do I know anything about John Ossoff? Not at all. John Ossoff looks a little too much like fucking uh, uh, who was Wiener from fucking New York. Remember that dude? who wound up jerking off and saying he was Carlos Danger, whatever the fuck his name was. And and, and that dude, Matthew Weiner, right? Is it Matthew? He fucking, uh, who am I confirming that with, by the way? Matthew, is it Matthew? I think it is, right? Over there? You, with my producer, who's silent. Uh, but that's what Ossoff looked like to me. You know what I mean? And that's, that's who he conjured up thoughts of to me. I was just like, they kind of look like the same guy, you know, same kind of hair. Um, but also maybe that's my fucking uh, bias. I don't know. I, 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 but it doesn't fucking matter. When you go into a race, again, the problem is the choices they give you suck. But at the same time, when you get the choices presented to you, don't vote for the billionaire. That fucking idiot's not going to do anything. But of course, that's the fucking choices we have. But it worked out in that John Ossoff and Reverend Raphael Warnock have won. So now the the, uh, the Senate has one control or the Democrats have one control of the Senate. Once uh, Kamala Harris gets done with her photo fucking shoot and comes in and casts a tie-breaking vote. But again, in this country, here's the way it works. And you know, and I look, and by the way, let me preface all this before I start running downhill. I'm a comedian. All right. I, I don't pretend to be fucking Joe politics. I'm not that guy. Uh, I know what I know, which is probably just enough to be able to converse on it at a fucking skin fucking surface level. I can't get into a deep dive on policy. Would you want that? Now, if you want a deep dive in the 79 pirates, <laughs> I'm your man. If you want somebody to talk at length about Steve Carlton's fucking batshit compound, here I am. Uh, but if you want me to talk about fucking, I, I don't even know. It's like, but also you should feel the same way. Like when they, I, these people who vote for like, uh, I'm voting for Kelly Loeffler. Oh no, so there's another thing I was going to say. Fucking Raphael Warnock. He's a reverend, whatever the fuck they made his skin blacker. But then also Kelly Loeffler tries to tie him to Jerem, Jerem, the Reverend Jeremy, what was it? Jeremiah Wright. Was that his name? The guy I can't even, I can like, that's who, the, that's how important this fucking guy is to me. Okay. I can barely remember his name. Uh, Jeremiah Wright, who was, he didn't he say goddamn America in a speech or something like that when he was, and he was Obama's guy or he went to Obama, went to his church once or walked past and somebody snapped a photograph or Obama stopped and bought an ice cream from a guy outside or got some, he went to a halal guy's stand outside the church and he bought a fucking sandwich and everybody goes, look. And because he was in the, what they would call the, I don't know, the area code of a guy who they're also calling a radical. It reflected on Obama. And then he had to denounce the guy. And it's like, what a, what a stupid fucking country that we can't figure out this fucking bullshit for ourselves. 
Jesus fuck. But again, everything's just been, you know, everything's gone. Everything's, everything's ruined. And we know this, we know this, but then she tried the fact that Kelly Loeffler, she's just like, yeah, he's uh he's from the church of Jeremiah, right? And then they, they put fangs in the mouth <laughs> to pretend that it's some scary demon or whatever the fuck. And it's like, who, and, and, and you know, you're voting him to the Senate. Like there's, there's 49 other senators. So it's there, or no, what is there? Is it, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, right? There's fucking, there's, uh, there's 99 other senators, excuse me, but still you're, you're voting for this guy. So it's not, it's not like he's going to be the guy who comes in and, and, and yells goddamn America and changes everything. You fucking idiots. It's like, and, and although he should, but still, man, these fucking people try to scare you by Jeremy. Again, Jeremiah, right. They unearthed that guy. That's gotta be what? Is that 10 years ago? That the Jeremiah Wright right shit hit the fan? I don't even know. But also, so fucking what? They, you know, and, and and they do that, and then you realize Fuckneck was hanging out with the Falwells, who are, you know, the last time we saw fucking Jerry Falwell Jr., he's on a boat with his dick hanging out and some chick with her pants unbuttoned. And his fucking wife wants to give head to his fucking, his, uh, his kid's bandmate. Or, or did give head to his kid's bandmate, whatever the fuck. And those are the, just, why are people so easily fucking fooled? Religion's a fucking sham. We know this. Politics is also a fucking sham. You got to vote for you. You know, you got to participate. I know we do. I, I wear my sticker proudly every four fucking years or every two years or every year or whatever the fuck. I saw some shit today where some guy's like, hey, man, we need some Los Angeles people. You got to vote. You got to vote for your delegates because the delegates are important because they're, it's the grassroots level. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. When, when did I become the CEO of this fucking country? I guess technically I am. We all are. We're all the CEO of our own fucking country. But I mean, is there is there a week I don't have to vote where I don't have to do something? Is there a week you're not going to crack the whip and I'm not supposed to send $75 to somebody in Missouri so they could possibly win a house seat? This thing where they've opened up all of the fucking where politics has become this national sport. Isn't it depress you? I mean, we used to pay attention to fucking you know, your families, your sports or whatever the fuck movies, entertainment. But now politics is just another fucking subset of that. It's under the same umbrella. Hey, what do you say? Should we go to a movie this weekend? I don't know. I've got to go online and see how many people in how many states I need to send $40 to so they can go ahead and vote on zoning bills in a state. I barely drove through once. I've never been to fucking Delaware. Why the fuck am I sending any money to in the fucking Senate race? I've been through Georgia three times. I give a fuck who their senators are. Well, don't you understand? It's a larger picture because then it'll crack the Senate. And then Kamala comes in with the kind of fuck your cliffhanger fucking bullshit. I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, I don't I don't know why all of us, you know, we live where we live for a reason. You live in L.A., then take care of L.A. You live in Georgia, take care of Georgia. And look, I know, think globally, act locally, whatever the fuck, all that shit. I get it. So I do think globally and I try to act locally by voting in my elections and I vote in national elections as well. But but. When you start telling me every day, I get, I get fucking, I'm not joking. I get five emails a day with new causes and candidates to send money to, because I sent money to whomever I gave money to Bernie, or I gave money to Elizabeth Warren, or I, or I, I helped out of school with some books. Uh, we did all the George Floyd stuff. We, we all got together and everybody were so kind and we made those donations and somehow I got on lists. So I started getting shit from Ossoff and I started getting stuff from, from Reverend Raphael Warnock and I got all these things and, and. You're just reading it and just going, this is fucking brutal, man. 
You know, aside from the fact that we can't go outside anymore, now I'm supposed to send whatever fucking money I'm not making from not working to the guy in Georgia so he can possibly be a guy who votes. And then and then this happened. The fucking both of them win. They win the fucking runoff. And what happens? Hold on. They win the runoff. And uh, and I'm talking instantly. I'm talking seconds after they won seconds after it looked like they were confirmed and they'd won. I have to read stories about how everybody in the st- in the country now has to be nice to a guy named Joe Manchin in West Virginia because he's a Democrat, but he, he I guess he caucuses with Republicans. or what, I don't even know what the fuck he does. And he's an austerity guy. So now he doesn't want to send checks to anybody. And everybody's like, well, they're going to you got to be careful because he might flip to the Republicans. And, I, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? Enough of this ridiculous. Because, again, when the, I was told for weeks, for fucking weeks. That when the Georgia people won, it was it. That's it. They won it. They won the Senate and everything's going to change. Biden and the fucking House and the Senate. And here we go. And I'm talking instantly as soon as they projected these guys. They went, by the way, don't forget about Joe Manchin in West Virginia. And I was like, wait, is this. Am I on the Truman Show? Like, do you constantly have to introduce plot lines to keep people interested or watching? Because everybody, you know, it was like that thing where everybody voted for president for Biden and everybody's like, yeah, awesome. And now Biden can kind of go to the left and everybody's like, no, 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 no. Don't push him left that you, you we've got to win the Senate first. Don't you can't put any demands on Biden just yet. We've got to win the Senate. It's important to win in Georgia. So then they they just got people shoveling coals into the engines again and get the whole machine operating again. So from the beginning of November all the way to the beginning of fucking January, that's two more months of raising money and we got to vote these guys in. And then they vote those two guys in. Everybody's like, finally, okay, it looks like Ossoff is going to win. It looks like fucking Warnock is going to win. Take a breath, mop your brow. And then five seconds later, but don't forget, Joe Manchin may caucus with the Republicans, so you need to start calling your senators to make sure they don't. What the fuck? Take me off this ballot box hamster wheel, motherfuckers. Well, he's not really a Democrat. He just he, he's a demo. He's a Republican in Democrats clothing. And Joe Manchin now holds the key to the nation. And he believes no checks for anybody. What the fuck? Why? Well, he's an austerity, but no, he's not. You mean somebody bought and paid for him too? So wait a minute. So you're telling me that not all Democrats are the good guys. I was told for fucking four years and then two additional months that Democrats were going to save this country and change it around. And so then people did what you wanted. Fucking black people got on the road and organized in Georgia and fucking came out and won Georgia. They won the fucking presidency. They won the two Senate uh, 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 fucking the, the Atlanta mayor and Stacey Abrams and everybody else. They won the two Senate races for you. And, uh, and black people turned the fuck out, man. That was awesome. So now you're going to tell me there's a state that has no black people in it that now is going to control the country again because one dude is a jag off. I don't know if this is a, st- a systemic failure. I, I don't know if this is just more horseshit to keep people fucking involved. I really, I can't pretend to know or care. Because everybody, like I said, they fought so hard for the presidency and Biden. and It was a fucking thing. And look, as we know, that's not over yet. And I'll get to that. But all that bullshit is happening. And look, it's over, by the way. But I don't want to say it's not over yet. I'm, uh, the fighting's not over. The, the, the fucking song's been sung. The fat lady sang. Her spear's been put away. They hung her Viking hat up. She put her feet up on a fucking ottoman and she's eating a whole fucking chicken that David Perdue cooked for her. She's fucking fine. But, uh, but of course, 
the the you know fuck all right i'll get to it i was gonna pretend i'm serious i was gonna pretend like the big news was the senate stuff this week <laughs> like and, and i didn't notice anything else ah democrats won the senate yes da, 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 da. look at happy times are here again let's all be happy because ossoff and warnock but no no of course we know i'll well, get the fucking wednesday but tuesday happened you can't you can't shove Tuesday in the background. As I might have said last week, I said if things don't go good for the Republicans on Tuesday, I thought Wednesday was going to pop off and be fucking insane. And again, we'll get to it. But on Tuesday, you know, again, the Democrats win the fucking Senate. And I hear like uh, Kamala Harris, the tiebreaker. They won everything. Here comes legislation. And then Biden's like, hold on, everybody. We need to reach across the aisle. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you reach across the aisle, you better be doing it with a cattle prod because these fuckheads aren't going to work with you on anything. And also, by the way, get this, get this. For 12 years, they haven't worked with anybody on anything. You know the term bully pulpit? Well, these motherfuckers took it and hit you over the fucking head with it for 12 fucking years. They wouldn't let Obama do shit. And look, Obama had both houses and he didn't do a fucking thing when he had them. But then when it was just this obstruction, they said, literally, they, there was the meeting. They said, we're our whole goal is to make sure Obama passes nothing of consequence, nothing at all. It's true. That's on tape. They fucking got him saying it. And and then, you know, the last four years were a fucking horror show, as you know, just a, a bunch of fucking just ramrodding justices through and, and not approving anybody, but letting letting the fucking idiot to do whatever he wanted. But now. We were told it was the finish line. We were told Biden, once he wins, he's going to have. And then if you give him the Senate, watch. Well, I'll tell you what, he'll do so many things. Uh, by your head will spin. I, I look, I voted for him. OK, that's it. I voted for him. I did what you asked. I, I never in my life did I ever think I would vote for a guy who would say the phrase by cracky. But I did. <laughs> I voted for I voted for the by cracky guy. I voted for him. Because the other choice was a, a, a fucking homicidal game show host. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not fucking interested in that guy anymore. And then and then we vote your fucking your milk toast dude in. We vote your fucking jar of warm mayonnaise into office. And then immediately he says, well, you know, we need to we need to think about where we're go- the austerity and we need to figure out what the fuck are you doing? And then and then the Senate, they win those. And immediately I get to hear that Joe Manchin holds the key to the fucking country. Some West Virginia Yahoo, that fucking dude. Who's that guy? And, and look, this is my bias and probably yours, too. When you hear West Virginia senator, don't you just picture the Hatfields and the McCoys? I don't picture anybody in a tie. If you tell me there's a guy named Joe Manchin out of West Virginia and he's holding the country hostage. Well, he's in fucking barefoot and overalls with a shotgun with a split barrel from a cartoon. That fuck. That, that, you know who Joe Manchin sounds like? The kind of guy that would be illegally hunting on Kelly Loeffler's fucking gir- free-range giraffe yard or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Jesus. But now I'm told that he's the guy. Oh, yeah, we all get up. We've got to placate Joe Manchin and be careful. He might flip to the Republicans. What the fuck? Why, why, is, why is the fucking turtle out of Kentucky able to corral all of his idiot senators and crack skulls and make them do whatever the fuck he wants? But then we're told that Joe Manchin's going to go fucking rogue and do whatever he says, because why? Because what? Because I don't even know. Steny Hoyer? Who the fuck? I don't know. Who the fuck is the I don't even know who's going to run the fucking Senate for the for the I guess Kamala is the main boss. I don't fucking know. 
But I, I'm, I'm told how tough Pelosi is. And oh, it's Schumer. Schumer, that fucking idiot. That guy's terrible. What a mess that guy is. Just a, just a fucking puddle in a suit. Not interesting or charismatic. How does that guy keep fucking winning? Him and Pelosi just standing there looking like they don't know what the fuck to do. Pelosi only getting mad after the fact when she thinks she has an advantage. Jesus, fuck. What a fucking garbage time we live in. So sure enough, those guys win the Senate on Tuesday. And then I have to hear that the guy in West Virginia holds the key to the country. And you just, it's it's that kind of shit that makes you just go, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck this. Fuck that. I'm going to get some sacrete and do my driveway. I'm going to get some fucking fertilizer and do my lawn. I'm going to play catch with my kids. I'm going to barbecue some ribs. And I don't give a flying fuck about helping anybody but myself. That's what you're asking real people to do. Real people came out for you. Real people, real fucking inner city people, black people, fucking young people came out for you who don't normally fucking vote. And they they organized and they got fucking strong and they voted for president and gave Georgia to fucking Biden. I mean, that's a fucking accomplishment. And what it proved, quite frankly, is not that the South is eternally red. It's that the South is eternally gerrymandered to a a way where they're just going to constantly win where they oppress fucking votes and they keep people down and then they fucking redistrict things so you can fucking work out these things and game the system. Well, they fought against it. They fought every fucking thing they possibly could and they not only took home fucking two Senate seats, they took home the presidency for fucking Georgia. And now I got to hear a guy six states north is in control of this whole fucking thing? Get fucking bombed. Are you fucking kidding me? You're asking young people to give up. You're asking black people to just go, why the fuck do we do this? And look, Black people have been saying that for a hundred years. I'm pro- I'm sure privately, but now publicly they should just throw up their fucking arms and go, we're not helping anymore. We're not helping you fuck off. It's insane being told that the guy from West Virginia now holds the fucking fate of the country. And here's the best part. Like he's like, well, I don't believe in checks and I don't think anybody should get those checks. There's no reason we already gave him one check. Why give him another check? Do you know that 70% of the population of West Virginia is living beneath the cutoff line for the checks. That's that's 70% of your state that you're telling them, fuck you, you don't get any help or money. How can you do that? As a human being, how can you fucking do that? They print money all the fucking time for anything they need. They fucking, what's the Pentagon budget? A, A fucking quintillion? I don't even know anymore. I got no fucking idea. And yet you still find, you find money for that. You find money for fucking attack vehicles and shit. You find money for, for sheafs of paper for these fuckheads or fax machines, whatever the fuck feed people, take care of people. But the best part is then he's like, I don't think the checks, uh, we shouldn't give $2,000 to anybody. And then the stocks go through the fucking basement and then not him, but his spokesman has to go, well, what Senator Manchin meant was that uh, we'll, we'll take it under advisement, but right now we need to deal with, shut the fuck up. We know what he meant. He meant he had several corporate masters who don't think he should give the fucking money out. And then when the fucking stocks taint because all these fucking companies were like, wait a minute, you mean people aren't going to get $2,000 to buy TVs down a fucking slippery slope? And then Manchin's like, what are TVs? I'm in West Virginia. And everybody's like, fuck you. Put some shoes on. You're in the goddamn capital. Uh, Until two days later when we found out that didn't fucking matter. Uh, I don't get it. I don't. I mean. It's it's just it's all fucking dumb, and I I don't like to be look again. I have friends who've gone this route. 
I have friends who've become uh, the political guy (laughs) and good for them. And I hope it works out. Jimmy Dore just bought a $2 million house. Good for him, man. He earns it. Guy fucking just, he's another one who just, he constantly, he does. I don't know. There are people who will tell you he's on the grift. My friend, Andy Kindler thinks that. And then uh, there are other people who will tell you that he believes this stuff truly, but it doesn't matter. If you got people listening and giving you their money, then it really doesn't matter. You can believe it or you don't believe it. As long as you're willing to be performative for the people who need you to be performative, the money will continue to fucking flow in. And that's great. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, I mean, there's everything wrong with it, really. But I mean, I'm just saying that's the way things work because <laughs> we all need money. And I'm not going to begrudge anybody at the opportunity to make as much fucking cash as they possibly can. By the way, and never mind, I'm not going to. That's, that's later. That's the end of the fucking show. But I, uh, I, I, I talk about this because unfortunately, well, I mean, fuck this. I don't need to apologize. I talked about the fucking 79 pirates for half an hour. What the fuck am I going to do? I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry for talking about the world. Fuck that. I talk about the fucking world. I know some of you don't agree with me. I know some of you do. That's cool. But I guess my, my, my opinion is like, what, what the fuck? I, I don't, uh, I don't understand it. I don't understand the way people vote. I don't understand the way people feel. I don't understand why people vote against what is their own interests. I don't understand why the system is so fucking broken that you either have to choose between a guy who might've been a baron or a count at one time, someone whose bloodline reaches all the way back to Jesus. And then there's another guy who's like, oh yeah, you know what? I worked at Seven Eleven for a while. It's like, that's usually the thing. Those guys are pretend, but then that dude shows up with slicked back hair. It's, it's everybody's lonesome roads. That's, that's it. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta choose between some fucking billionaire or lonesome roads trying to convince you that, well, I tell you what, I used to make cornmeal, but I was, I, there was no water. So I just ate it. You know what? There's something to say about that cornmeal. It sure is tasty, but here's the thing. You know, if you just, uh, you eat that cornmeal and drink a little moonshine then you get a little cornmeal moonshine paste down there and you swallow it up and oh, that'll keep your belly warm all night long when you're in the jail playing a banjo. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Then he gets voted in and he's like, I don't think anyone should get a check. Shut the fuck up. Lonesome roads, you dick. Everybody's the distinguished gentleman. Everybody's Eddie Murphy in that fucking movie who just went to fucking Washington to make as much money as they possibly could, except with the happy ending where fucking Eddie Murphy realized he was ruining the country. These fuckheads keep doing it. And they're enabled by a media that continues to interview them. Why the fuck would you talk to anybody? I, I, again, I, I see this country, not only the media, but politics, anybody, uh, everybody should just be yelling and just going, shut up, shut up, shut up. Because everybody's lying. Everybody, any public figure who starts talking, you're just like, Oh Jesus fucking Christ. Come on, man. It's embarrassing. So Tuesday happens. They win the, they, they win the fucking Senate. And then, uh, I stayed up. Like I was up all night watching the returns. And I told you on in the last podcast, I thought Wednesday was going to be a fucking nightmare. I just thought it was. So, uh, so <laughs> I went to bed. I stayed up. I did. And there's a three hour difference. Okay. Between here and DC. So I'm up like fucking Wednesday morning and I'm, I'm looking online at like Twitter and stuff. And, uh, it, it looked harmless. Like it looked stupid. Like they, they, there was some group and it was only a hundred people in a field. And then there was a, the people were making fun on Twitter of, of all of the, uh, 
the fucking rednecks coming to town and they didn't know where to park. So they were like asking each other in parlor, hey, where's the best place to park my horse and buggy? Whatever the fuck. Everybody's like, ha ha, these idiots come to the big city and they don't even know where to park. It's very, very provincial, these arguments. It's always like these dumb redneck yahoos don't even know where to park. And then on the other side, it's always like, ah, these, these meters always cost so much money. How do these people live in these goddamn places? Cause you know, these people are used to parking four cars in their yard. So they have no idea where to put their fucking, their, their ridiculous Beverly Hillbillies mobile. So, uh, so I, I, this is the stuff I'm reading online. Everybody's and everybody's making fun of it. Everybody's making fun of the guys out at the, the, the rallies on a hundred people. Ah, oh, not a lot of people here for the Trump thing. Oh my God. It's fucking stupid. Ha ha. Maybe people finally gave up these dorks. Ha ha. These hillbillies. Well, maybe the rooster didn't crow loudly enough for them this morning and they didn't wake up in time. Ha ha. Well, no, they're trapped out on the, on the highway because you know what? They, they didn't bring enough water in the jug to go ahead and fulfill their batteries. Ha ha. Like everybody, everybody lining up and just, and just grabbing a bat and taking swings at these hibbly pinatas, picking up all the fucking low hanging redneck fruit they can and making fun of it constantly. Aha, these dummies. So I'm reading this on Twitter and I'm looking again. It looks like it looks like nothing's happening. All right. There's there's people out there, but it doesn't look like there's that many. It's like 100 people. Because This has happened before. You know, when he did the rally in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, the one that killed Ben Carson, whoever the fuck it was, was Ben Carson who died. Did it kill him or, uh, no, it killed the other guy. Uh, this is, and, and look that if that doesn't speak to me, uh, being completely terrible, I don't know what does it, it, it literally. I'm like, it killed the other black guy because they, their movement doesn't have a whole lot of black guys. So I'm like, well, there's Ben, uh, Ben Carson, Ben Carson's the doctor who stabbed somebody. <laughs> The other guy is the one who did the, he became a meme by doing the sideways smile. I don't know who the fuck that guy is, but he died because of Oklahoma. And, uh, and that rally was a bust and everybody made fun of it. Ha ha idiots. Nobody goes to his rallies anymore. Ha ha fuck neck. Meanwhile, you know, the week before the fucking election, he's got like 40,000 people somewhere and everybody jumping around in fucking shirts and red hats and what the fuck? Because again, as you know, it's a goddamn sport. So I'm up. And I'd stayed up all night looking at the returns, waiting for them to declare winners in Georgia. And I was excited and I was actually happy except for the mansion bullshit. So I'm like, all right, well, this is fine. So uh, finally, like 730 a.m., I'm I'm reading online and I'm just like, well, this is fucking what a bust this is. Like, uh, you know, and I was going to wait up for Trump to talk. And then I'm like, who gives a fuck? Let's go to bed. So I did Uh, about 730 in the morning. I just fucking threw the phone aside and said, all right, let's crash. And, uh, I had set my alarm, <laughs> but you know how you wake up sometimes before the alarm, you're just like, ah, oh. and then I, of course, because I'm an idiot because I don't, here's the thing. I don't like to sleep apparently because I'll wake up whenever I wake up, I grab my phone and look at it and then go back to bed because I need to know what's happening. I need to know what's going on, whether it's a trade in baseball, whether it's a retirement in hockey, whether it's some sort of uh, event, whether another guy in Nashville blew up an entire city block and nobody cared whether it's anything like that. I always grab the phone because I get headlines too on the phone. So I just grab, I don't, I don't go into the, you know, I just look at the screen to see what, what alerts I've received. I don't go in and start surfing, but it's enough to where if I see something where I go, what I'm awake. So, uh, (laughs) I woke up, I think it was like two o'clock, two o'clock my time in LA. I went to bed at seven 30 and I got up at fucking two and, uh, I grabbed the phone and 
all the the top like I because I looked there's a ton of alerts, but the one I locked on was uh, my friend Pat Francis who texted me, and all it said was, "When you wake up and turn on the news, your head is going to explode." And I went, "Oh no!" I and and look, I'll be honest with you. I went, "Oh no!" And then I also went, "Oh yes." Because you know me, uh, I love that kind of shit. I'm like, this is awesome. I can't, what the fuck happened? What could it possibly be? Because also, Pat is nuts. Pat's, you know, he's a crazy guy. So if he says it's something that's going to make my head explode, because he hates them and he hates their regime, the administration, whatever the fuck you want to call it. So for him to tell me it was going to be something crazy, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot wait. I got to see what this is. I got up, I threw some water in my face, got dressed, and uh, didn't even jump in the shower. Instead, I turned on, I turned on, I jumped into Twitter right away and I saw uh, it. I saw people running through the halls of the Capitol. I saw the, the first image I saw was the guy sitting in Pence's seat in the chamber. And I, that's the, without context, without context, mind you, because I opened up Twitter and that picture popped up and I went, what the fuck? And it was something like, a, you know, a, an unbelievably dark day in Washington continues was like the tweet or something. And I was like, oh, and I, I fucking looked at that picture and it was it was as weird. It, it hit me in a way that a lot of pictures have hit me in my youth. I, I, you know, I told you one of the scariest fucking things I've ever seen was there was a plane crash when I was a kid. American Airlines flight 191. And for some reason, on the cover of both the Sun-Times and the Tribune, some guy had taken a photo of the plane taking off, the plane turning sideways, and then the plane upside down in the sky. And I was a kid, and it scared me to death, like 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 a vampire, like a monster, like a scary Frankenstein. I don't know what it was, but just because, you know why? I know exactly, fuck that. I know exactly. I can put it into words now. I couldn't when I was fucking 10 or whatever. It was it was an image that you've never seen before. It was disquieting because it wasn't normal. Planes take off. Planes take off and they fly. And, you know, you'd heard of plane crashes or whatever the fuck. But you don't even think. But to, but to see one, because I, you know, I, I had never flown up to that point, but I'd seen, you know, planes on TV and I knew how big they were. And to see a plane sideways and then upside down, even as a kid, I could think of the terror that went through the fucking hearts of the 275 people on that plane when they knew they were dead. They were fucking dead. Because that shit didn't happen instantaneously. They went up, they were climbing. I'm sure the phone, uh, the, the, the fucking plane shook. <clears throat> and then the one engine like blew out or whatever the fuck. And then it tipped over to the side and they all went, imagine if you're not even belted in, you're falling on people and then you go upside down and you're just like, we're dead. I'm going to die. I'm never going to see my kids. I'm never going to see my wife again. I'm never going to see my husband. Uh, I'm nine. I didn't want, I didn't get to do any of the things I thought I would do or wanted to do. I didn't get a chance. Even at that age, I knew all of what that photograph meant. And so there are images that stay with you like that, you know? And, and when I saw this dude sitting in the speaker's chair, uh, it, it certainly didn't hit me with the power that that did because I was younger. So things were magnified, but it did, it did fucking make me go, Oh no. Like, cause again, without any context, if the first thing you see was, if your friend is like, when you turn on the news, your head's going to explode. And then you see that photograph, um, 
I thought I thought they killed everybody like initially because again this doesn't this doesn't seem beyond the pale of of possibility you know what I mean it it doesn't seem like that's out of line to think oh did they kill the Senate you know what I mean I know and it's it's these are weird times and I know maybe that's me maybe I'm full of hyperbole I don't know but for me it didn't seem like a leap to go holy shit did they kill all the senators like I I know that sounds crazy. But that was the first thought I had. Like, they're all, did they kill everyone? And then I started to scroll. And and I saw that, then get this, I saw that not only was that photo unbelievable, but then I saw the photo of him before that where he's climbing down, he's scaling the fucking balcony. And then I saw the photos of the people outside bursting through the doors, and I saw murder the media carved into a door. There, dude, I saw a guy with a Confederate flag in the Capitol building. And I'm trying to make it make sense. You know, I'm, I'm looking through there. There's gotta be dude. I, I don't even want to have to pick the Pulitzer for photography this year because there are at least five photos that will stay with me forever, forever, five photos at least. And I, I'm, I'm looking and then you're seeing the guy in the balcony with the zip ties and the fucking mask and the Punisher patch. And I'm like, holy fuck. And then I'm reading that, you know, the Senate is on lockdown and they're, they've hidden them and they and they show, I saw the videos. Then I saw the guy in Pelosi's chair. I, I then I saw the gallows and I, I was like, what the fuck? And so again, I, like I said, I'm scrolling through Twitter and then my, here's who I am. And you know, this, I want to make jokes. Like I, I think to myself, well, I should, I got to make jokes about this. I got to do this. And I, cause I might have an instinct to participate because that's my job. That's what I've done forever. It's what I, I will do, I think. But also, as you know, I have that, this is a recent development and it's one of the reasons the show's coming out on Monday. I paralyze myself because I want to participate, but then I go, what's funny about this? Like I said, I, 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 I want to, I want to jump right in and start making jokes and firing away. But then there's this patina of sadness that just that covers my brain where everything is in sepia tone and you go, Jesus Christ, they're destroying the world now. And, and, and I know that's ridiculous, but in the instant where you see it happen, you're like destroying the country at least, but you know, what's really destroying things. The people who have the instinct to participate and make jokes. And I, I take that back. They're not really destroying things. They're just, they're just contributing to it. I've said this before glibness and this unseriousness and this comedy attitude have led us to a place where we see something like that. And we all just go, we think it's a TV show. And we all laugh, ha ha, make jokes because again, you, it's the, you mad bro. It's the, it's that attitude where you just, you just think instinctively, oh, well, I'll make, and again, like I said, come, it used to be comedians who did it. There used to be gestures. Now everybody's got a fucking jester hat on and everybody makes the joke. And I'm not saying people are unworthy of jokes. I read a fucking bunch of stuff that was hilarious commentary, but also at the same time, it's like we, we are contributing to our own downfall by, by taking away the seriousness of this. And I have it too. Cause then when people are serious, you kind of just like lighten up Francis, you know what I mean? You want to go because there are people who are like a vicious and cruel beating. And you're like, all right, look, you can, you can just say a guy got fucking hammered. You don't have to go on and on with the fucking adjectives. That's we get it. But then again, there's a gallows outside of the fucking Capitol building. You know, I, I, I start to think that it's just online rhetoric bullshit, but then I see a hillbilly sitting in fucking Nancy Pelosi's chair and I can't dismiss anything at this fucking point. I, I'm confused. I'm, I'm wrong way Feldman. I mean, I don't know what the fuck to do. 
like I said, I want to make jokes, but then I'm just like, well, I can't make jokes about this, but you have to make jokes, but everybody does it to alleviate the tension, but maybe there should be some fucking tension. Maybe there should be some tension in this fucking country. Maybe we should all fucking realize that this is, this is a moment, man. This is this. And look, am I going to participate in that moment from afar? Certainly. I can't wait to watch it on TV and read it on fucking Twitter or watch online and see what the fuck happens. It's not like I'm suiting up and diving into the fucking scrum. That's not happening. But what we need to do is we need to find people who it in can take office or people in office who take it seriously enough and realize that this is this is the beginning. Like this isn't some ending. I you know, this this thing happened and uh because all right, here's another thing. And I will say I've I've thankfully I've I've been able to see it through different eyes and seen that people have come around to kind of agree with my my thinking by waiting a couple of days to do this show. Like if I would have done this show on Wednesday or Thursday, I would have I would have been saying how fucking unbelievable it was. But I also would have been burying rednecks and these fucking hillbillies and these guys who came from, fuck, you know, it's a bunch of fucking yokels who came into town with their steam engines and they're fucking going ahead and look at them with their fucking no tooth faces and their scraggly Confederate flags and they're running in. And I would I would have made it because that's surface level. But as we've seen more clips roll out and we've seen more things, we realize that, you know, this is this was a complicated fucking maneuver. This was not just a bunch of fucking jacked up idiots who drove to town with chewing tobacco and Herman Frank's their way into the fucking Capitol building. Now, the, the initial videos and stuff that I saw were, yeah, that's what people looked at. Because people were making fun of the dude with the fucking Viking hat and all these other people. Those are the first images that I saw were Viking hat and the hillbilly talking about Nancy Pelosi and shitting in her garbage can or whatever the fuck called her a cunt. I, you know that cause those, yes, those are crass, terrible, fucking awful people. And they're, they're, they're the infantry of this, but mixed into that crowd were dudes with fucking flash grenades, dudes with fucking bear spray. Guys who brought IEDs and pipe bombs at different locations, military trained dudes who had radios who were coordinating with two way communicators. These fucking earpieces. These are these were well organized people within the body. Uh, It it was like, you know what? The ocean is huge, but there's still sharks in the ocean. And in this fucking ocean of rednecks, there were sharks and they were coordinated and they were ready. And again, setting up a gallows, you can think to yourself, well, that's just some sort of ridiculous nonsense. Well, no, no, they, if they had fucking zip tie plastic handcuffs, what do you think they were planning on doing? You know, there were people who were saying, hang Mike Pence. They're walking through the hallways and chanting it. Because again, we saw in the initial fucking coverage, it was all, look at these idiots. Oh my God. It's just because we, you have to stop treating them like idiots. Certainly they are idiots, but you have to stop acting like they're unthreatening idiots. You have to stop acting because, look, there were tourists there. There's no doubt there were people there who just wanted to fucking come and look at it and go, oh, this is hilarious, right? I knew we were going to do it. Trump, make America again. Fuck off. There were those people. But then there were these fucking Blackwater, ridiculous fucking boogaloo boys. You know, I look, I did a whole show where I made fun of the Proud Boys because when I made fun of them, it was just guys who took over a bar and acted like assholes. You know, but then now you see that they're the muscles for these other fucking guys. And it's like, well, we gotta, I guess we got to take these fucking guys seriously, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. And I'll say this, too. You know, when I saw it, I started watching all the videos and watching the fact that they did that. You know, here's here's the thing that's true. And and I, I 
I think it needs to be acknowledged. These guys said they were going to do this for a month, two months after the fucking presidential election. Once they they found, they circled the, the January 6th date because Trump tweeted out, said it's going to be wild. And then they were like, that's it. That's the call to arms. And online, I knew they were going to do this. You could see they were talking about going again. I talked to you about it last week's show. I talked about it probably a month ago. These fucking assholes were just going to they were going to do this. They were talking about going to Washington and protesting and stopping the steal and stopping the count and stuff. And there was potential for it to be dangerous. Just like these dudes in Michigan who tried to take the fucking governor. These are real fucking dangers. These are things that are happening. And we we can't pretend that this isn't something that you can't just dismiss it out of hand because it because they said they were going to do it for two months and they did it. That's the thing, because we live in a nation of people who talk a bunch of shit and then they don't do anything online. That's what online is. That's what the online world is, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whatever the fuck. Instagram is all fake. People are like, look at me. I'm rich and you're not. Facebook is all people just grinding their gears over their fucking differences and shit like that. But they just do nothing. They're inert. Twitter, the same thing. It's a bunch of people just lobbing salvos and they'll never do anything. But there are people out there who will fucking do what they said. When I saw that they fucking actually stormed the Capitol and they actually went in there and did shit and they fucking destroyed Nancy. just I saw when I saw the people holding up the Nancy Pelosi fucking nameplate and them in her office and ransacking it. I'm just like, these guys said they were going to do this and they fucking did it. I f- you know, what I feel <laughs> I feel like fucking Ron Burgundy when he's talking to his dog and he goes, what you you pooped in the refrigerator and ate a whole wheel of cheese. I, I'm, I'm not even mad. That's amazing because that's how I feel about these idiots. It's like they you said you were going to come to Washington, D.C., where our military is fucking based and uh, and you were going to storm the Capitol and stop the count. And then you did it. I, I'm I'm not even mad. That's amazing. I can't fucking believe you followed up. It took those people to prove that these these they're willing to follow up on this shit. And I don't know if it woke anybody up yet. I don't know if it did because I still see people now trying because look. All right. Let's fucking talk about this right now. Sure enough, they fucking go through. They storm the fucking joint. And uh, and it's not fucking three hours. It's not three hours before, like, I, I hear McConnell come out and he's like, well, this in bo- this, this this esteemed body will not be uh, intimidated by bands. Of- what? No, no, no. You should be intimidated. They just proved to you they can fucking do this and they can gain access to your fucking building. You know why? And let's and let's deal with this, because I think that this is completely true. Uh, they they dealt with it because fucking Trump wanted them to. You know, everybody was talking again for two weeks that he was putting people in charge of the Pentagon that were loyalists and all these different. And it's it's all these things get reported, but they get dis- they disappear in the blink of an eye. And now after what's happened, people are starting to put it all together and go, holy shit. They didn't call out the National Guard. Holy shit. They weren't ready. They didn't enforce the police. They didn't have any of these people. You know, there were police there. And, the, and in those police are telling stories where. They're saying guys in fucking riot gear flashed badges and said, hey, man, let us through where this is part of a movement and we're aligned with you guys. Blue lives. Matter. And they were they were they were fucking they had badges. And again, as we've seen in the aftermath, there are lawmakers there. There are fucking guys in office from West Virginia to Pennsylvania to California. It wasn't just this is the thing. You can't dismiss this and just go. This is just fucking rednecks. No, it's not. They will they, they will blend themselves in to the gigantic crowd of useful idiots. And then they will do surgical strikes that really harm people and this country. They're organized, man. And, and I don't know what the fuck that means or what to do about it. 
like I said, I just you know, you'd think it was a bunch of Proud Boys or the Boogaloo Boys. Well, I'm I'm started reading. I read about the base. I read about Adam Waffen. I read about Order of the Nine Angles. I mean, I read about all of these fucking hate groups that are aligning themselves, and they are and they are and they're splinter cells. And what they are is they're just American ISIS. They're keeping their cells small and they're not communicating what the other cells are going to do because they don't want anybody to know what's going on because they want to go ahead and perform these fucking acts. And if they do take down the rest of them, they can say, well, they have plausible deniability. They didn't know what the fucking guys were going to do. They want to encourage individual splinter cells who will go ahead and foment terror on their own. So instead of being one large group, it's just an umbrella that houses many groups that might hit the Capitol building or might blow up a mall, or might blow up a block in Nashville. Who the fuck knows? And yeah, you add in these QAnon fucking idiots, and then these other fucking just Trump loyalists for whatever fucking reason, or these just these, this country's full full of lost boys. It's like Fight Club. It's like Project fucking Mayhem. All these dudes who who had nothing and they found something in Tyler Durden and then he trained them and then they went out and did, you know, first they're spraying a hose in a guy's face in a fucking in, in a ridiculous parking lot. And then they're taking down fucking skyscrapers. It's it's more than just MAGA. It's the QAnon people and they're all intertwined with these fucking groups. Like I said, the, the I, when I started reading about Adam Waffen, I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't want to know about it, but I do. And another another problem is the fact that this happens, all right? This this stuff has happened. And and then people pretend like it was a spur of the moment thing. These motherfuckers had merch. Merch. You see the guys with the fucking the the MAGA Civil War shirts that they printed up? Not with a fucking Sharpie. These were professionally made fucking shirts. And granted, I know about shirts, okay? I can't even get fucking shirts made for this show without having 14 fucking problems. But these assholes got a fucking screen press and made fucking MAGA Civil War shirts looking like Marvel's Avengers shirts. They had merch for the Civil War. Don't tell me you didn't see this shit coming. Don't we have anybody monitoring online to see what these people... Because again, all of Twitter knew this was coming. People could see people chattering and talking shit and saying, oh, yeah, we'll meet you on the 6th. And you know what? We're going to arm up and we're going to do this and that. And fucking you didn't have the National Guard ready. You didn't have more police on duty. And they've talked to fucking cops and cops are just because, again, in the beginning, people were like, oh, man, the cops let them in. The cops fucking let them in. They're in on it. Cops are taking selfies. Yeah, I believe some of the cops were absolutely in on it and were, were sympathetic to the supporters. You saw the one cop. He's like, I don't I don't believe in it, but I respect it which is along the lines of you pooped in the refrigerator and ate a wheel of cheese, I suppose, but whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, there were some cops who were fucking sympathetic to the cause, but then there were other cops who were just like, what the fuck is going on? Like the cop who died because they beat him to death with a fucking fire extinguisher. Like the other cop, they dragged down the fucking stairs. Insanity. But initially, everybody's like, oh my God, the cops let him in. The cops let him in. Like all the cops were bad. Hey man, there were cops that are fighting for their fucking lives. Certainly, like I said, some of them are in on it, but you, that's the problem. We don't know. People are, are uncomfortable with not being able to use a broad brush to paint everybody. You know, through the summer, it was all cops are bad. Yeah, man, a bunch of fucking cops are terrible. They're fucking awful. They're killing people. They're shooting guys in the back seven times. I did shows about it. They killed George Floyd. Yes, we need major, major fucking renovation of all police departments, defunding, making sure they don't have military fucking gear. I get all that. But then... When you get 20,000 fuckheads who want to storm into a goddamn building, everybody's like, where were the cops? The cops were in on it. The cops were bad. Well, no, give some respect to the cops who actually stood there and tried to fucking fight. 
the cop who fuck I saw a clip. I'm not, this is not a joke. Uh, you know, you've seen it too. Now I saw a cop running away, running away, running upstairs, running away. And I'm like, look at this fucking guy. Now, look, I understand you don't stop and fight 30 guys. I get that, but it was a bad look. One cop running away from fucking all these dudes trying to get at him with their hats. And then it comes out three days later. He's leading them away from the floor of the Senate. He's leading them away from the doors they needed to get into. So the Senate could get away. Guy's a fucking hero. You know, it's online has given us all megaphones and, and judges robes. And we're all judge, jury and executioner of everybody we see. Oh, these guys are all fucking redneck idiots. Well, no, some of these guys are fucking surgical cocksuckers who came from the military and are ready to plant fucking bombs. Ah, all these fucking cops let them in. They're in on it. Well, no, some of these cops tried to fuck it and fight it and stand their fucking ground. And they realized, you know what? We can't fight these guys. We get to try to keep them out as long as we fucking can. There's a cop getting crushed in a fucking door. I guarantee you that guy's not in on it. Now, one of the cops who died is a Trump supporter. And then that comes out and people are like, oh, well, see, so fucking what? Didn't deserve to fucking die. But someone tries to make a larger point that, oh, my God, the Trump people stormed the building and they killed a Trump supporting cop. Well, I mean, look, I, 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 you can micro argue this all you fucking want. The bottom line is something's got to be done. And I don't know what that is, because, again, hi, I'm a comedian. <laughs> the fact that like that night. Again, the Senate is with their bullshit. You know, we will not be deterred. You will not intimidate this great body. Shut the fuck up, man. Quit speechifying, you idiots. This is nobody fucking cares about this. Like, dude, Lindsey Graham gives a speech like it's open mic night and people are clapping and laughing. I'm like, you don't get to be fucking cheerful. You made this fucking happen, you dick. Your your fucking cheerfulness is profane. You backed up fucking Donald Trump forever. All you fucking guys, McConnell, Republicans need to fucking own it. Democrats can own being fucking spineless and never fucking fighting the way they should. But Republicans constantly just fucking crack skulls for no fucking reason. And they ignore shit. Like, I, I, it's, what's funny now is in the aftermath of this, everybody's like, I tell you what, once this fucking once Biden's sworn in, they've got subpoena power in the Senate and the House. and They're going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, really? Are they? Because I'll tell you what, for fucking years, the House had subpoena power and uh, Republicans just went, nah, we're not going to show up. Nah, we don't need to talk to you guys. And then they didn't. And then the Senate never compelled them to be arrested or thrown in fucking jail because everybody's worried about decorum in this fucking country when this country is falling the fuck apart. No more decorum. No more point of parliamentary procedure. No more hiding behind torts, you fucks. Do something. That night, they're giving these speeches. Josh Hawley, fucking traitor. Ted Cruz, fucking idiot. They're, they're, and they, and oh, still, after the fucking Senate had been breached, the House had been breached, they shit in Pelosi's fucking hallway. They wiped it on the walls. They tried to steal paintings. They, they carved with words. They fucking ruined this. They, they, this is a building where fucking JFK and Abe Lincoln lay in state. And now fucking four dudes in Bass Pro Shops camo had a farting contest that made a tear fall from the Eisenhower statue's eye. What the fuck? And then filmed it and put it online. Because these guys are geniuses. That's the best part. They all film themselves. No masks running around going, ha ha. Woo. Look at us. Yeah. Fucking destroying the Capitol. And now four days later, they're getting arrested or they're getting refused to go on planes. and They start crying. We're not terrorists. We're just trying our country. Fuck you, you dick. Don't tell me you meant it because all of them have a fucking excuse. There's some fucking lieutenant colonel or something from the Air Force who's like, oh, I just found those zip ties on the ground. And I'll tell you what, I, I shouldn't have come in. I was just trying to make sure nobody got hurt. Fuck you. But you know what? That shit's going to work. 
because we've let it work for fucking decades now. Anybody in charge can do that. Well, if I'm, I'm sorry if anyone was offended. Nobody owns their actions. Nobody apologizes for a fucking thing. Everybody gets to give some cursory tap dance bullshit and they get off. They walk away. Nothing happens. Nobody pays taxes. Nobody goes to fucking jail. The rich get away with whatever the fuck they want. So now these guys all think they can do the same fucking thing. And that's why it's funny to see the ones who are getting dragged to jail cry. Like there's the quote that I read. It was either Politico or the fucking Times. I don't know. But a woman was like, they were supposed to be shooting BLM, but they're shooting us, the Patriots. How do you fucking root out that mindset? How do you fix it? I don't fucking know, man. The shit, it's the fucking fan. Everybody's charging into the fucking building. And then the spe- the senators at the end of the night are all debating. Like I said, they're fucking doing these fucking speeches and, 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 and I'm like, how the fuck can you sit here and pretend? Cause over a hundred guys still voted against the fucking certification in Arizona and Pennsylvania over a hundred dudes, not cause they believed it, but just because they wanted on their resume later so they can try to run and steal these Trump idiots to fucking support them for whatever fucking ghoulish office they run for next. Well, I voted for Stop the Steal. I didn't agree with any of the violence. Oh, shut the fuck up. These people who try to parse and try to fucking split the the most microscopic of hairs. Guys who give speeches and talk about, you know, we're going to get into capital. We're going to take our fucking country back. For two months, you enabled this shit. Over 35 lawsuits fucking thrown out and laughed at because you knew there was no fraud. But you still gin these fucking people up to the point where they were going to come in and kill a cop. Kill a fucking cop and other people in the fucking building. And now nobody's like, oh, well, blue lives matter. Where'd blue lives matter go? And they killed a fucking cop and dragged others down the fucking stairs and punched others in the face and unloaded pepper spray and bear spray in their goddamn faces. Nobody believes anything. Nobody believes anything except I need to get what I want. This, this isn't fair. Do it for me. And, and then they proceed. I got family members who were putting up impeach Biden fucking memes. Guy hasn't even been sworn in yet. And they're talking about hearings and they want to impeach him. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? These senators that night all pretending that they're in a fucking Frank Capra movie. Oh, well, the thing is, you know, sometimes you shovel the snow for your neighbor and the neighbor shovels snow for you. I believe that we're all in this thing. Shut the fuck up, dude. Four hours ago, a guy in a wolf hat with a spear was fucking sitting in your chair. And you're going to give me a speech about helping my neighbor? Get the fuck out of here. Just like these idiots were like, well, we've got to come together. We've got to get this divide closed. What the fuck am I supposed to have in common with a guy who thinks that celebrities are killing babies so they can get adrenochrome and fucking drink it for a, for, for a high that you'll never get? People who create fucking pizza parlor fucking child trafficking who still think Hillary raped a kid and it's on fucking Wiener's laptop, Mark Wiener, whatever the fuck his name is. Any of these fucking people. Why the fuck do you think I have anything in common with them or want to have anything in common with them? I don't want to fucking close the gap. And that's the issue. What the fuck do we do? What do we do? Seriously, guy with a wolf hat and a spear, and you're going to sit here and tell me about John Adams? Get the fuck out of here. I got news for you. The only reason John Adams was able to make that speech is because a bunch of you fuckheads came over on four ships and killed everybody who was wearing wolf hats and spears. Unreal. 
but they don't want to turn the page. That's another thing. These guys foment violence. They talk about it. And they fucking, yeah, they try to gin everybody up and then they fucking do the violence and they go, well, you know, if we don't, there's no, we couldn't possibly, we must have unity. We just, impeachment will just fan the flames. Are you fucking joking? You can't be holding all of the matches and tell me my next move will fan the flames. You can't tell people to turn the page. This fucking country is so obsessed with back to normal. The myth of fucking American exceptionalism. Everything's fine. No, it's fine. Just like the senators that night. Well, no, business as usual. No, it's not business as usual. You can still smell redneck shit in the hallways. As you walk around and give this stentorian speech, I can hear glass crunching under your feet. Turn the page in the face of the pandemic. Keep working back to normal. Everything's fine. Turn the page. Keep working back to normal. Everything's fine. Get fucked. Nothing is normal ever again. Nothing is normal. It's going to take a whole lot of shit for this thing to be fucking normal again. Whatever the fuck you consider normal to be. And I'll tell you what, if you're a black person in this country, nothing's fucking normal. You finally thought you made some fucking headway this summer with Black Lives Matter and the protests and it looked like people were coming together. Then you turn Georgia fucking blue three times and they tell you that a fuckhead from West Virginia might go ahead and gum up the works. Jesus fucking Christ. There is no normal. There are no pages to turn. They burn to fucking ashes. This whole fucking country is is so repressed can't acknowledge that anything's bad. You know what they are? This whole country's fucking Mary Tyler Moore from ordinary people. Beset by a fucking huge tragedy, befallen by a fucking terrible loss, and yet trying to stiff up her lip it, and in doing so, alienating everybody around her by pretending everything's okay. Nothing is fucking okay. We have to fucking make heroes out of people all the goddamn time. American myth-making constantly. Like now, though this cop who died is a hero. No, he wasn't. He was doing his fucking job. The cop who led people away from the Senate floor is a hero. Yeah, okay, that guy's probably a fucking hero, but still. It's like Flight 93 happens on fucking 9-11. Oh, let's roll. They mythologize those people. All of them are fucking heroes. And and yes, maybe they are, but that doesn't apply. That, that like shames people who don't do anything. Pat Tillman is a hero. No, he died in friendly fire. He was a hero maybe for volunteering, but at the same time, it was a war we should have never been fighting. It's like the bit Lenny Bruce did on Jackie O. Everybody called Jackie O a hero because she was trying to pull the Secret Service into the fucking limo. And Jared, Lenny Bruce is like, no, man, she was trying to get the fuck away. She got brains all over her dress. She's trying to fucking escape. But people were fucking furious at him because we love myth making in this country. That's what we do. And then you see Trump watching on TV with his fucking family. They can't convince him to call out the National Guard. Fucking Pelosi, Schumer and the, and the Capitol Police have to call out the National fucking Guard. Uh, Pence, Pence, too. Trump makes a video where all of a sudden it's like once he sees all the shit happen, he's you know, he's look, you can never convince me he wasn't happy about that. You can never convince me that he wasn't on board with that. He put out a tweet and he's like, go home. We love you. You're special. The, The election was stolen, but go home. I mean, he's not fucking helping at that point. Then he's watching on TV. He makes the video later. Of course, once it's serious, once people come to him and go, hey, fuckhead, this is really serious. Somehow they trick him into making that video with so many fucking edits. Did you see the edits? It was ridiculous where he called the video. He said it was heinous acts and, and we have to condemn it and bring these lawbreakers to justice. And then all those fucking rednecks are confused. Now they're like, what the fuck? You told us to do this. You told us to do this because they don't realize they're dupes. 
They don't realize they're chum in the fucking water, man. That's it. The real sharks are underneath. I don't, I don't know what to do. That's the problem. I don't know what to do. Stories come out that Trump wants to pardon himself. What the fuck? What? And, and people are saying that he's going to do it, but then there'll be a court challenge. Why the fuck is there even a court challenge? You can't pardon yourself. That's like, that's like saying if I shot a guy and then I, I looked at the cops and go, eh, it's okay. He was a dick. And they're like, all right, cool. Go home. That shouldn't be into the fucking, the, 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 in the, in the a quill in the president's fucking bag or arrow or whatever the fuck arrow in the president's quill. I don't fucking know. I don't know what I'm saying, man. I'm fucked up because I don't even know what to do. I see people that should be in jail and I'm talking lawmakers. I'm talking fucking people who, who support this Todd, Ted Cruz and fucking Josh Hawley should be kicked out of the fucking Senate for, and just, and just gone. But all this shit now, cause again, I'm doing this show on Sunday night. All right. This happened on Wednesday. Now they're talking about impeaching. They're talking about filing this. They're talking about possible 25th amendment. It's been four fucking days and nobody has paid except for who the low level fuckheads that can identify who are doing cartwheels in the fucking Capitol. That's who's going to get dinged. Cause as we've said before, rich people don't pay a fucking price in this country. Rich people don't pay a price. Now they're all too busy trying to call for unity trying to, uh, all of us should just come together. All of us should just move on. Even fucking Biden said, you know, I'm, I'm inclined to the, the Senator from Delaware. We should move on. This is just, we can't have the country angry and furious. No, 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 we can. I got news for you. This angry and furious country is just getting more angry and more fucking furious. The fucking dudes who stormed the building are angry and furious because they, they didn't really change anything. And the people who are on the other side are angry and furious because you motherfuckers won't hold anybody accountable for this shit. If you don't put people in fucking jail now, look, it's a pipe dream to think Trump ever goes to jail. All right. I've said this before. He's going to spend his life golfing and on television. I'm going to have to hear his name every day for the rest of my fucking life. But if you can't go get Cruz, you can't go get Hawley. You can't get fucking these other idiots who, who, who've supported this ridiculous round of lawsuits. And, and, and you know what? Go after the guys in Pennsylvania who won't see the democratic Senator who was elected. In Virginia, there are guys who are trying to fucking contest the election. Trump lost Virginia by 10%. I don't know what to do. It's embedded. I'm not supposed to know what to do. Again, I'm fucking podcasting comedian. I, I, I can't. I have no answers. I have opinions. And those opinions are they should take these motherfuckers out. Do you know why it's important to fucking ban Trump and, and, and to impeach him? Because they're like, we shouldn't impeach him. He's only got two weeks left. If you don't. Someone will think they can do this. Someone will think they can get away with it. Someone will think they can do it again. You have to send the message. You have to impeach him or do 25th Amendment just to put the stain on his fucking name. Just so he loses his pension and his fucking travel allowance and his secret service protection and he can never run again. Now, look, I don't think he's going to run again because I, I, I'm fully on board with the fact that I believe in, two, in 2024 he's dead. He doesn't live that long. Unless they're shooting him with all sorts of ridiculous fucking stem cells and he quits eating fast food. There's no way he fucking makes it that long. But this is why you have to fucking impeach him. This is why you have the 25th Amendment. And I'm not even being partisan. If, the, if a Democrat did this shit, I'd be going, go after this motherfucker. Because again, you got to show them that they can't do it. Because they're going to do it. You know, they were going to 25th Amendment him and all these people in his cabinet started leaving. Anybody affiliated with the fucking people in the cabinet, people affiliated 
fucking Chow, DeVos, Mulraney, fucking Goodspeed, Vandroff, Costello, a bunch of other fucking people. I don't know who the fuck they are. I only know their names for no fucking good reason, but they all fucking bailed because some of them didn't want to be on the record of criticizing him. Some of them didn't want to have to vote in the 25th amendment bullshit. They just fucking, they just bailed. They just, and they, and they all get to pretend that they weren't on board with this bullshit. It stains all of them. You can't give these people fucking jobs. They can't be employed going forward. I see Kellyanne Conway calling for fucking unity. It's like, get fucking take, get her out. Nobody listen to this fucking chick. She doesn't get to say shit. Kylie McEnany, all these Sarah Sanders, all these fucking people, Steve King, these terrible America hating people. Cause that's what they are. They're just liars. They're grifters. And I'm not a fucking America champion. I'm not a guy. No, no, I, I think there are huge fucking problems. And I'm, I'm just a white dude. Imagine what fucking black people think. Imagine what the fucking Latino people think, what Asian people think, what people who came over here to settle and what was supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the fucking brave think is they're now being finger pointed at for being the ones who fucking ruined the country because they, because why? Cause they wanted a better fucking life for themselves. There can't be unity without justice. There can't be unity without examples being made of the people who did this. We'll unify with you if you go ahead and take out the fucking troublemakers. If you go ahead and take cut the head off the fucking snake. And you never will. I get this. Dude, Clarence Thomas's wife paid for 70 buses of people to go to that fucking rally. Uh, some other Clifford Kirk, another fucking online dude. Is that his name? Clifford Kirk or Kirk Clifford? Whatever the fuck. I don't know. He paid for 80 buses. Then he deleted the tweet immediately. Of course, because none of these fucking people want to stand behind their bullshit. They move to the next grift. That's the one thing I'll say about Jimmy door does the same thing because he knows you got to keep the balls in the air. You, I, I, I completely agree with Jimmy on, on force of vote for Medicare for all. Absolutely. But then the next day, he's got to fight with David Sirota or he's got to fight with somebody else because that's what gets it's still an entertainment show at the end of the day. And that's the problem on CNN and Fox and MSNBC and CNBC and Newsmax and ONN or what any of these fucking joints. It's all they're all ratings and they need you tuning in. So that's why you get the cliffhanger when the Senate Democrats win. We got what about Joe Manchin? Da-da! It's it's all become a show. It's grotesque. And there are people out there who are willing to get sucked in and tricked by it. Like I said, I don't, I wish I didn't have to pay attention to any of this fucking stuff, but when they start killing cops in the Capitol building, when they start talking like they're going to, cause, cause, cause again, this is not the end. This is not the end. You have to prosecute. You have to prosecute the low level guys too. all these dudes. They're arresting, they're catching at airports. They're putting on no fly lists. It's important that you impede their lives as well. As I've mentioned, you need to get the big guys too. even though rich people don't pay any fucking consequences in this country. You need to go after senators and house people and local lawmakers who all supported Trump. All these lawyers need to be disbarred. You need it needs to be done because if you don't, it's over. And I know that seems like hyperbole, but fucking America, as you knew, it is over. If you don't prosecute these people for what seem to be the highest of crimes, then what's the fucking point? You know why else you got to prosecute these motherfuckers? Because the first wave of videos that came out, it looked fun. 
and that's you know granted i'm a guy who's i told you i have a there's a part of me that likes chaos certainly that's gone away a lot more as i've gotten older and i've had to see real fucking chaos but this looked like these guys were having a fucking blast and that's only going to help recruiting for them that's going to help the fucking order of the nine angles whoever the fuck get people in their fucking fold because people will be like i'm lost i got nothing else Maybe my family has turned against me or whatever the fuck. Why would these guys look like like-minded dudes? And they were having a goddamn blast running around with spears and flash grenades and playing grown-up fucking insurgent. Then you call them terrorists and they get mad when in reality you're storming a state building. Well, we own that building. Really? You own that building? And why'd you shit on the floor? Why'd you steal Nancy Pelosi's laptop? We own this building. Really? Well, you know what? You own your house too. Did you fucking kick in the door and storm around and break shit when somebody fucking locked the windows? No, you asshole. What the fuck? See, that's the problem is this is all, you know, like I mentioned, I say people are dunking on it and they're we're hilarious. But yes, because your instinct is to laugh at people that are stupid. The guy with the Viking hat and the spear, you're like, that guy's a fucking idiot. He's deluded. These fucking hillbillies in the street using the N-word and, and walking around with Molotov cocktails and not covering their face. They're just dumb and we're instinctively laughing at dumb. It's kind of funny. Trump's kind of funny. Like I said, that that tweet to Robert De Niro, wake up punchy, is fucking genuinely funny. And he has genuine timing. We've talked for four years. He's a stand-up. He's just up there. To, he's He's essentially a podcaster. He does what I do. I talk for two hours. So does he. He's keeping people enthralled with his bullshit. I, I wish, you know, I could pretend that it's stupid. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But there are people in the fucking audience who think it's great just to be in the room when he talks. He has a cult of personality because he does have personality. It's a shitty, sour, toxic, fucking, I just ate a lemon, look at my face personality. But people dig it. And that's a problem. You know, if he was some fucking strong man with ribbons on his chest or a general, I could understand people following him more because he would inspire strength in them. But this asshole who's just talking about how one time he was two Long Islands away from finger blasting Ola Ray at the limelight in 1983 is, is just a fucking fop. And for some reason, these people will follow him to the gates of fucking hell. And that's why you prosecute him. Don't tell me, you, oh, we got to, well, we got to look out for those people. We got to calm down. We got a new, can't fan the flames. Fuck you. Flames are burning. You ain't fanning shit if you put away the arsonist. And I, I have no fucking answers, dudes. I'm not a guy who's like, oh, this is awesome or this is bad or this was great or whatever. I, and every day more horrific angles come out. That photo of the cop face down on the stairs with the people hitting him with the flagpoles, dude. It, this is a dangerous fucking time. It's been a dangerous time. It's been a dangerous time for fucking 30 years. You know, when they, they went after Clinton for a blowjob, and now this guy literally calls for the overthrow of the government, and they're like, well, we don't want to make people angry. We don't want to make people sad. What the fuck you? Make everybody sad. Because I got news for you. Everybody's already fucking sad. Either they're sad because their fucking emperor is going to be deposed or they're sad because they realize they have no real power in this country. And they see examples of it every day. They see that no matter what they vote for, if they do the right thing, 
if they go forward and they go ahead and vote for the right people and the people who are supposed to uphold and promise that they're going to take care of them and they see those people cave instantly to one guy from West Virginia. Sadness permeates this country. Don't hide behind it to avoid doing the big work because this isn't over. In fact, it's probably just beginning. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can find me at Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok at Mike40YOB. Oh, yes, I'm there. Do I do anything there? Probably not, but I'm there. Go find me at Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Mike40YOB. Add me, please. Just like the three Swedish porn stars added me. I don't know who they are, but Sophia, Nicole, and Sophia, both Sophias with Fs, not a PH, have added me and entertain me daily with clips of themselves going out to their horse and doing dressage or walking in the snow or doing open hand palm slaps on their pussies. It's fun to watch. Uh, and then they, and they want me to follow their only fans and go to their other fucking sites. They're just like me. Look, man, they're hustling to get them and get a buck. If you, I can't fault Sophia, Nicole and Sophia. It's isn't it. Is that, are they all golden girls? Was Nicole the golden girl? I don't know. Sophia was for sure. Right. What if it was Estelle Getty? Give me the open hand palm slap on the pussy. Oh, I got to pass. Sorry, Getty. Close the clam. Not interested. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Estelle Getty. Close your clam. I'm not interested. Don't try to entice me, baby. Didn't you hear me? I just said sadness permeates this country. Don't think you're going to cure it with an open clam, an open Getty clam. There's no way an open Getty clam cures sadness in this country. Maybe for some of you weirdos, not for me. I will pass on the open Getty clam. Uh, all right. So find me at Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I'm there now. Well, not now. What if I was? What if this whole thing was on Snapchat? I just did it in microbytes. What are microbytes? I just made it up. Wasn't that a toy when I was a kid? No, that's the Micronauts. Oh, dude. All right, here's the thing. This is totally true. The Micronauts were these little like silver dudes. They were robot dudes. I don't remember if they connected with other Micronauts to build bigger Micronauts. I don't know. But they were fucking like space dudes. But uh, there was one Micronaut we had, and uh, you ever see those dolls in the South where somebody puts it on their lap? It's like a puppet, and his feet move. Like you, you bang the the board, and he looks like he's doing a tap dance. Well, there was one Micronaut who he was so loose limbed, his legs looked like that. So we'd like bounce him around. He looked like he was doing a crazy dance. That Micronaut, he he must have gone to seven different houses with me when we were kids. I think we got him in Romeoville, and then he went to fucking Bolingbrook in the apartment. Then he went to the house on Lawton Lane. I'm sorry, the house on Lawton Lane was first, and then the, the apartment in Bolingbrook, and then Monroe, and then to Walker Drive, uh, and then to Walker, or uh, uh, what was the next one after Walker? Oh, Nis- Nass- uh, Nassau, yeah, 544 Nassau. I'm giving out addresses I used to live. This is fucking stupid, all right. Um, but that Micronaut dude, he would always he'd be moving, and he'd be unpacking a box, and like, this fucking guy is still here. And then you'd do the celebratory dance, and then you'd throw him in a pile, and then you'd find him again three years later when you moved again in the bottom of a box. I want to know where that Micronaut guy is. What if he's still here? What if he's somehow hiding in my stuff right now? God damn it. See, that's enough to make me happy. I just want dancing Micronaut guy. Loose limbed dancing Micronaut guy. Not to, not to be confused with, with the open Getty clam. Uh, folks, look, this is a, this shows a classic. Take it and run with it. Half of it was pure nonsense. Half of it was uh, analysis that you can't live without. 
I'm really good at this podcasting thing. All right. Uh, I'm at all those places. Be my friend. Please find me. I'm great. Remember, Ryan Dirks is at Facebook.com slash Ryan. says Ryan Dirks.com. That's it, right? Facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. There you go. Uh, find our friend Ryan. KC helps out with our video stuff. I, he hasn't in a while because I haven't bothered him, but I, I need to bother him soon going forward. And then, of course, there's David Hernandez. Who is that, you're asking? Well, that's a guy who's our friend, our consigliere. Uh, who was fascinated with Nickelodeon playing uh, the Bears game today. He was so happy about it. Uh, he does amazing things. He does great stuff on Facebook. You can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and become his friend. Why wouldn't you? Don't you need another friend? Wouldn't you give your hand to a friend named David Hernandez? You would. If you find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and hired him to be your, your pal, you don't have to hire him to be your pal. Just be his pal. But also, there's plenty of other ways you can follow the man. Well, first of all, he does a ton of artwork. He does cool-ass artwork for our show. He does cool-ass artwork for his show, uh, which I'll get to in a minute. He does uh, cool-ass artwork for Facebook. He can do cool-ass artwork for you as well. That's right. You can hire the man. Become his friend first. Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Then peruse all of his photos. You'll see some of the artwork he did for me, artwork he's done for others. He has a closed group you can join. It's called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. And they've renovated it for the new year. Big changes are afoot in the this is dumb, that's dumb, you're dumb, I'm dumb group. Why don't you join and find out what they are? Although joining now, you probably wouldn't know what the changes were because you didn't know what they were in the beginning. But now you can turn and face the strange changes by joining the club right now at Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Find his group. Try to be a friend and join. He'll give you some sort of quiz. You'll take it. And then the next thing you know, whoa, what the fuck? There's a lima bean giving you the split ass. You're like, look at the fucking bunghole on that lima bean. It's fucking amazing. Uh, there's talking hair. I think there's a carrot. Whatever the fuck. He's got a bunch of cool ass stuff. There's a weeble that looks like a fucking famous atheist. It's amazing. Go join. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Why not? Right now, I'll tell you what. That's just Facebook. That's some stuff he's got on there. But this man is a fucking uh, he's, he's he's branched out. The man has brace yourselves a podcast. What? Yes. The man has a podcast for your perusal right now. You can go ahead and check it out. It's called the phlegm cat podcast. That's four words, ladies and gentlemen, two words in the middle phlegm with a P H L E G M cat C A T. The phlegm cat podcast is available right now in the iTunes store, the Apple podcast space, or wherever you get fine podcasts, possibly Pandora, possibly. I don't want to tell you, no, go searching for it. Go look wherever. And you're going to find it. You're going to hear the Flem Pat podcast. You're going to hear David spinning yarns and telling tales and doing voices and singing songs. And uh, might even mention my name once or twice, possibly because he's, uh, you know, he's our guy. He's our man. And if he can't do it, no one can. So please go ahead and subscribe to the Flem Cat podcast, which is available right now. Jesus, my hand just hit a bag. I didn't want to hit. Uh, did you hear that noise? I didn't want you to think you were weird or crazy because you heard a noise. Like, a, like I'll do it again. All right. Wait. All right. Never mind. Not working. Uh, all right. Max does amazing things. Follow him at his podcast, the Flemcat podcast. Subscribe right now. Download all of them and listen. You're going to love them, certainly, because he's the king of the swing. Uh, and then he does, like I said, all of this artwork for the show. He does artwork for the West Side 86 Jokers page, which is our fan club page. You can go join on Facebook if you want. Uh, but also, here's the thing. You want to hire David to do artwork? What? Yes, you can. I mentioned if you peruse through his photos at Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, you'll see the artwork he's done for people. And you'll think to yourself, good Lord, this is amazing. And you'll think, how can I get this for myself? Well, you can hire the man. Absolutely. He works in oils. He works in watercolors. He'll paint you. He'll paint your dog. He doesn't fucking care. You got the greenbacks. He'll paint whatever the fuck you want. You want to paint yourself going to town, eating ass on a goddamn sexy lima bean? He'll do that for you too. 
whatever you want. The man is a magician with a brush and a paint palette. Is that a palette? I think it is. And he can do whatever the fuck you want him to do. So go ahead and get him to do it. Now, if you want to see other artwork that he's done as well, get this at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. You'll see plenty of works of art, plenty of watercolors, a lot of oils. But also, if you want to see a different style of art that the man has done in his lifetime, you're going to want to go to his website. Are you? You are. That's right. Don't question it. Go to the man's website and check out his work there. Artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H. Dot com. Hello, I'm Paul Gilmartin from Basic Cable, and you're listening to Basic Jackass Mike Schmidt, host the 40-year-old boy on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. Now accepting donations, I hear? <laughs> How quaint. They look like a bunch of dicks Checking out the buffalo And they're scoping out our chicks Pilgrims in America I'm a Native American This is where I was born I'm afraid of your Bible Native American I'm afraid you can't stay We don't want country music We don't want Subway I'm a Native American Pilgrims in America Stay. Pilgrims want to own all the land Pilgrims go to Starbucks, pilgrims eat at taco stands Pilgrims in America Sticks, pilgrims like genocide Pilgrims like Kardashians Pilgrims like Astroglide Pilgrims in America Pilgrims in America This is where I was born You 
You know, I mentioned that I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter. You know who's not on Twitter? The president. I forgot to, I forgot to get into that. Um, I'm sure you know this, but if you're not a Twitter user, you are whatever the fuck. Uh, Trump's been banned from Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and Spotify and uh, uh, Facebook and uh, Etsy and Poshmark. And, and I, I, I think, honestly, I don't think he's even allowed to ask Jeeves a question. He's been banned from Bing. I don't know. They've gone ahead and swept the internet clean of this gentleman. And, uh, and I, the best part is they banned him at first. Right. And then he tried to tweet from four different accounts, like the POTUS account. And then some other dude tried to lend him in his account. And I, I, have you ever seen anyone other than myself who was so desperate for validation? Have you ever, have you ever seen anybody who's like, oh man, I, I, cause I know that feeling I've been when an, an incident has happened and I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta get my joke out there. I wish I was on stage. Well now of course Twitter has provided the stage for everybody. And that's what this fuckhead used to do was he would just fucking, he would do everything on with his thumbs and he would just instantly contact everybody. It was embarrassing and terrible. And, and then they removed him. And, uh, and I'll say this, uh, it's a bad idea. I I know everybody's going to yell and whatever the fuck. Yes, I get it. It's a private company and they can silence him, but then they're going to silence somebody you like and you're going to be mad and you're going to say, why, why'd they do this? You can't do that. I mean, isn't it better just to see what a fucking idiot this dude was? Because look, these yahoos are spun the fuck up already. All right. His rhetoric is terrible. There's no fucking doubt about it. He's a terrible dude. But I just, I just think... Let's put it this way. If you were going to do this, you should have done it four fucking years ago, even five, because this is like, this isn't even like you close the barn door after the horse is gone. This is you're you're closing the barn door after the horse has won the triple crown and been put out the stud and had three more horse babies. I mean, this is, this is way late in the fucking game for you to be trying to remove this guy and pretend like you have any sort of fucking rules on your website. I mean, there are people getting banned because they they said wiener or whatever the fuck. I mean, and, and now you're going to let this guy talk shit for fucking four years. And now you're going to pull him again. This is just like the Republicans who were, like I said, like Chow and DeVos and all those other fuckers who were like going, oh, yeah, no, this is this is really become too untenable. Oh, really? After four years of you just fucking lining your pockets with cash and doing everything you could to go public and make whatever the fuck you could. You, you now now you take the fucking guy out. You let him get 88 million followers. And do I think Twitter has played a part in what the fuck is happening? I do. Yeah. But I mean, so has news. Are you going to tell CNN they can't say his name or they can't report on him? 
because everybody wanted to do that. Remember, everybody's like, oh, why are you showing his rallies? I think I probably even said that in the past. Oh, why would you show his fucking rallies? Why would you show an empty podium? All you're doing is just fucking giving this guy credence and, and credibility. And, uh, and the truth is he had credibility. He didn't need credibility. It's not being bestowed upon him by any media people or, or Twitter or any of these fucking guys. These, uh, these people are mad already. Now you're just giving him another fucking target. And then Twitter is deplatforming all the and look, I, there's there's a lot of because here's the we we know I, Twitter's a cesspool. It's just a fucking cesspool. Like I said, when it first came out, I made fun of it because I'm like, why the fuck would anybody want to know where I have lunch? Then I went on it, and I went, this is a miracle, and it can change the world because getting news instantly and getting updates and things like that it was going to keep a well-informed populace even more informed. And then I went, well, maybe the populace isn't that informed. And also, oh, it's a whole bunch of fucking lies and shit. And oh, I just assumed everybody, and this will sound terrible, and I apologize to all of you, was as smart as me. And I think that's a problem. I think a lot of us use that when we think about being susceptible to conspiracy theories or working on Twitter or using Facebook. We think that everybody is operating from a baseline of intelligence that we ourselves possess. When in reality, there's a lot of barking fucking mad idiots out there, man. I mean, I'm, I'm look, I'm not a genius. It's already been, it's been scientifically proven. I'm not a fucking genius, but I'm smart. And I know not to download a link that I didn't ask for. And I know not to believe shit that doesn't sound true. Hey man, I got beat at three card Monty once. And then I realized, yeah, yeah, you can't always be the sucker. So I'm constantly keeping my cards close to the vest and making sure I don't fall for shit. Somebody just sent me again. I get links all the fucking time on Facebook or on my email and it's from some dummy email address or whatever the fuck. You're not going to click on that. Obviously I'd have that discussion with my ex-wife. Look, don't download anything ever, ever. Cause who the fuck knows? Um, but all of us presume that everyone has that same amount of intelligence. All of us presume that everyone has that same amount of good faith they're operating under where they're just going to realize that things are stupid or things are false or things are fake or things are phony. And, and they're not, you know, they, they, they catch fish with worms and hooks for a reason. There's probably one smart fish who's like, Hey man, fuck this. This is stupid. And then 30 fish will go chomp and bite it and wind up in the fucking boat and on your plate. So we all presume and we all just guess that everybody is, is as smart as we are. And that's not the fucking case. And so, yes, it's difficult when a guy comes on here and he talks a bunch of shit and he gives a bunch of lies and people make up stories and they gaslight you and stuff like that. I told you that's the thing that's hardest for me is being gaslit all the fucking time. Just the, the overwhelming, deep, rich veins of stupidity that run through everything and the fact that people champion them and support them and fall for them and believe in them it drives you fucking insane and it makes you question your own fucking sanity you're like well this isn't real that people are falling for this like nobody like when we've talked about trump being tough or a muscle guy or whatever the fuck, he's a fucking fat idiot he's he's a he's a fucking condom stuffed with oatmeal i mean it's just he's not fucking tough or or hard or mean or this guy, he's, he's a manicure waiting to happen. I mean, and, and but there are people out there who think he's the God fighter. They think he's going to kick Democrats into that well from 300. When in reality, he's the one hiding in the bushes and he comes out afterwards and then steals a medal off somebody's chest. And then he brags to everybody he wanted in, in battle. He's a fucking he, he hasn't just stolen valor. He's he's stolen life valor. Because he was born fucking rich. He can pretend he did a bunch of cool ass shit. It's, he's just, he's awful. 
He's he's the uh, whatever. He's just terrible. But people believe it. And that's what makes you mad. You're like, fuck. But if you take him off Twitter, you take him off these fucking places. This is like when you blamed rock and roll and heavy metal for what these stupid kids did, or you blame rap lyrics for causing people to be angry at the police. Well, no, no, the rap lyrics came about because people are angry at the fucking police. And maybe Trump was created because people are angry at the government and they wanted to have some fucking idiot get in there and fuck the whole thing up. I don't know. I, I, I just think that this is going to lead again in a place where they're going to find, then they're going to take Biden off. Now, look, I'll tell you this. I believe this truthfully. I don't think any fucking politician should be on there. I don't think fucking congressmen or low-level fucking aldermen, any of these fucking guys should be on Twitter because all they get to do is put out their agenda. They get out to put their version out. They get to, and, and, and it becomes more of the sportsification of politics where people are like, yeah, my guy, woohoo, Jeff Flake or whoever the fuck. And then people are like, oh, Trump, yes, you're awesome. And then it just turns into a slap fight. It's so dumb. These guys should be concentrating on policy and fixing this country. And believe me, there's a lot to fucking fix that we just covered. But instead, they wind up, going out and performing for the crowds. They're all looking for fucking Joaquin Phoenix's thumbs up. That's it. They're just breads and circuses and they're jumping in like they're, and they're again, even Ted Cruz who did a bunch of terrible shit. And then he's like, well, you know, they're, they're reaching or overreaching here and we should all calm down. It's just, they, because that's the thing is nobody's held accountable for their bullshit. Nobody ever gets held accountable for the nonsense that they say. And I know you're thinking, well, he's held accountable, but he's taken off the platform. I guess, but I just think, you know, brace yourselves because they're going to start taking people off the platform that you do agree with. And then you're going to be pissed off. Uh, and it, I, I have no problem with a private company going ahead and, and taking tweets down if they think it's too much or they think that. But but to remove full entities from the platform, it just it just seems like a slippery slope. And what the fuck do I know? Again, who am I? I got a microphone. But see, podcasting could step up. What if Art19 stepped up? And went, yeah, you know what, Mike? We don't like the show this week. So we're going to take it down. I'll be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? It's it's just you're asking for trouble when you start letting people be the arbiters of what's consumed. But at the same time, there have to be arbiters because otherwise you just have people talking about people eating babies in pizza parlors and shit like that. I don't fucking know, dude. I can't solve it. That's that's why I'm saying this is a, an, an Ouroboros. The whole thing is just a snake eating itself, and I don't know where it ends up. I don't. I know there are issues that need to be fucking fixed and everybody needs to be fucking scrutinized and there are politicians that need to go to fucking jail frog march all these fucking assholes. But I can't I think that's one of the reasons why I find myself at such a crossroads sometimes because I don't know what to say. I don't I mean, I, I have opinions and I have thoughts, but I know that they're probably not the best. And, and I but fuck it. This is my opinion show. So fuck it. Who cares? There's so many other people out there who don't mind saying dumb shit. Why the fuck can I just fire away? But clearly I did because we listened to Chuck Tanner nonsense for fucking 40 minutes. All right. Anyway, he's off fucking Twitter. And then there's Parler. I guess Parler got taken down too. it's uh I just saw when we were playing poker tonight, I saw that that parlor had been down for two hours or something and um, and good. You know, those fucking idiots, too. They're all because, again, if I saw one person on on parlor saying they were going to tear down the government and shoot Mike Pence in the fucking head, I saw a thousand. And it's just that's just that's just the new fucking street corner where everybody's just screaming dumb shit. You ever see homeless guys who were just yelling nonsense into the fucking air? That's parlor, man. And 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 now but. That could have been deplatformed, and everybody's mad at that. I don't, I don't know where this ends, man. I really don't. This is the problem. You gave everybody a voice, then you start taking away these voices when they've been used to having it. And again, all these people who are like, "This is akin to Nazi Germany." Well, no, no, it fucking isn't at all. Not at all, man. They just they, you can't compare a guy not being able to fucking tweet things out to Nazi Germany. You 
idiots, but everything gets compared to Nazi Germany. So what the fuck? Hey, did you know we've got sponsors? We do. Our great friend, uh, eh, eh, great friend. No, he's got to be basking in it now. But our buddy Fearful Jesuit at, at the Paranoid Strain podcast, I can't imagine the work he's doing right now. He's just got to be because he looks at this shit with glee, as I've talked about before. Like I, I, I try to do the best that I can to to make it as entertaining as I can without sounding like I'm just ranting into a fucking uh, a, a megaphone or whatever the fuck. But he. He uh, he loves this. This is the basis. This is his life's blood. He wants to cook all of this shit in a spoon and spike it right into his arm. Uh, but you can find out. But you go to the Paranoid Strain podcast, which is available right now in the iTunes store or in the Apple podcast space or wherever you find fantastic podcasts. You're going to find the Paranoid Strain. You can actually go ahead and leave a review. If you would go ahead and leave a great review and mention me. Say, hey, you know what? Mike is another show. Don't do that. Just just give the glory to Jesuit. But write him and tell him how much you love the show. You can get him. Here's his email. The paranoid strain at gmail.com the paranoid strain at gmail.com go ahead and write them telling you about the heard the show from me and and uh how much you love it and all that stuff um right now the episode that's up is that it's the large compilation oh no he's got the musical episode up i believe yeah he's got the musical episode up and he's working incredibly hard on as i've mentioned like i can't even imagine doing a show like his because you just get overwhelmed I, I, how do you parse all of this stuff he, he wants to take it all tackle it all at once i would imagine but it's just his show is so meticulously produced and so well written that it's just got to take him uh, hours and hours to prepare it. And then you'll hear that quality when you download it and listen to it because it is great stuff. And it is the Paranoid Strain podcast available right now wherever you get your best podcasts. You love them. They're there for you right now. And uh, what podcasts am I talking about? Well, not only is the Paranoid Strain a fantastic podcast you can download. Let's talk about the Misfit Toys Co-op. You're goddamn right. The Misfit Toys Co-op is amazing. I'm part of it. What? Yes, that's right. I am. It's me. It's uh, Let Me Watch Your Movie With You with Jonah Ray, the lovely and talented Jonah Ray. Uh, our great friends Jimmy and Matt and Elliot and Garen over at Never Not Funny. Doug Benson at Doug Loves Movies. Todd Glass at The Todd Glass Show. And Jen Kirkman with her podcast, No Fun with Jen Kirkman. That's uh, Let Me Watch Your Movie With You, Jonah Ray. Never Not Funny, Doug Loves Movies. Todd Glass Show, No Fun with Jen Kirkman. All of these are available in the iTunes store, the Apple podcast space. You can get your finances in order and subscribe to Never Not Funny at podcast.com, I believe. Uh, those are all available. Those are all fantastic. And they are all my partners in the Misfit Toys co-op. Oh, look at us changing the podcasting industry one co-op at a time. That's how we handle it. We don't need we don't need your stinking network. We don't need a guild. Nobody needs a, a loosely uh, grouped show pile cordwood what i don't know fuck there's a co-op it's us go listen to all of those shows they're fantastic you want to hire me no really do you want to hire me i think you should because money uh prince will tell you money don't matter tonight but he is uh incorrect <laughs> look where that got him ladies and gentlemen no money does matter tonight and every night and you can go ahead and hire me for cameo why wouldn't you do that uh i'm at cameo right now you can get bookcameo.com or get the cameo app on your phone and hire me to taunt your favorite football fan about what's going on in football. Uh, if you want me to go ahead and taunt a Packer fan and go, ha ha, Chicago Bears rule, uh, he'll know I'm lying. But at the same time, I'm happy to do it. If you want me to contact your lady, tell her how much you love her, tell her you're going to cook her dinner for her birthday, I can do that too. If you want me to contact your lady and tell her that you left your keys on the, on the, the ottoman, <laughs> Please run them out to the car. I'll do that as well. I don't know why you wouldn't call her yourself. Well, yeah, I know why. Because you want to give me $15. Now, it's 20 
But I get 15, they get five. So I only deal in absolutes and the absolute is I'll get 15 out of that fucking transaction. Uh, but you can book me for cameo for just about goddamn anything. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy. To, uh, well, politics, well, I can do that too. Whatever the fuck you need, I can do it. But still politics might be iffy, but I don't give a fuck. It's 15 bucks. I'll talk about whatever the fuck you want. You want me to talk about, uh, uh the, the cartels in Mexico. You want me to talk about the, uh, the, the coup in uh, overseas in somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> is this a coup here? I'll talk about whatever coup you got. You want me to talk about coups? You want me to talk about uh, the Ku Klux Klan? You want me to talk about rock and roll hoochie coup? I can do all of those goddamn things. Uh, hire me to do it by Cameo. Book Cameo.com or get the Cameo app on your phone. That would be great because it supports this show. Thank you for thinking of me and getting a message from me on your phone. Harumph. You can do it through PayPal, too. You want to support this show through PayPal, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the upper right-hand corner. There's a little horn boy there. It says Donate. Click on that. You can do a one-time PayPal donation, which would be super cool. Or you can generate a monthly donation, which is also appreciated. Anything you want to do via PayPal. I don't know how you're... Look, some people use Zelle. Some people use Cash App. Some people use Venmo. Some use PayPal. Whatever you need, you can do it. Contact me. I'll give you my addresses for all of those places. But... Uh, you can click the link on Mike Schmidt comedy. I almost said Mike at Mike Schmidt comedy.com. And there's a PayPal link in the upper right hand corner of almost every page. Click on the horn boy. And then, Hey, you're cooking with gas, gas, gas. You can go to Patreon and become a patron. Why wouldn't you do that? Go to patreoncom slash Mike four zero Y O B. That's patreoncom slash Mike four zero Y O B and, uh, and hire yourself. No, no, hire yourself. Hire me. No, hire, make yourself a patron. Jesus, God. Um, Patreon.com. Become a patron of the show. Thank you so much for thinking of doing such a thing. It makes me very happy. It supports the show. It keeps things afloat. And uh, it was funny. Pat Francis wrote me about my Patreon. And he's like, man, your people are fucking awesome. I'm like, yeah, they are. They're the fucking greatest. And don't think I don't love each and every one of you because I do. Thank you so much for thinking of me and supporting the show. It makes me very happy. And if you want to be part of that, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B and go ahead and, uh, and, and become a patron of this show and keep us uh, flush, keep us ready, keep our pockets full. And by pockets, I mean our, our bills paid. <laughs> uh, please do that. That'd be cool. If you would, we've got channels for you to watch as well. What channels? Yes, channels. We have channels like youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, right now, it's just got all of the podcasts up there, some old stand-up, some other stuff that you can check out. But youtube.com, some old, some clips from Twitch as well, which I'll get to in a second. youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and check it out right now. Become look, Do this. If you don't want to watch anything, that's fine. But if you want to go be a subscriber, that would really help me because it would just be because, again, I have to keep a certain amount for them to go, oh, look, this guy. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would help me out tremendously. If you would, I'd appreciate it. YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Let's get you on board. That'd be great. And twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. And I will tell you this, we've been having issues, a, a few issues. We had them last week. So I have a tech coming out an internet tech. That's good. You know, in these times of uh, the pandemic and germs, uh, <laughs> that's good news. The plague is upon us and I get to have a fucking guy named Rick coming to my house and look at my fucking monitor or my router or whatever the fuck. Um, but we'll be streaming, you know, today is, like I said, Sunday, tomorrow we'll be back on tomorrow early, three o'clock tomorrow. Uh, and we're trying to be a little earlier, go a little longer, uh, whatever, but, but we're making it work and hopefully the internet will go ahead and match our, our resolve and, and keep up and stop crashing. That would be really cool. Go to twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, I'm on there. I was playing a game called Ghosts of Tsushima. I'm playing puzzle games called Jackbox. 
I'm in the midst of shopping for a new game or two, something scary, something spooky, something fun, who knows? Something to keep us all away from what's going on in the real world. Why not, right? Let's do that. Let's dive into my Twitch channel where I'll be playing games and having fun. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. God damn my voice. Oh, Jesus Christ, we're over two hours. And by over two hours, I mean we're over two and a half hours. Um, Go to twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. And, uh, and that's it. Be my pal, be my friend, watch me there. You can follow or subscribe to the channel there as well. That's another way to financially help the channel. If you, you know what, you can subscribe through Amazon prime costs you nothing costs Jeff Bezos five bucks, which is just a handful of nickels out of that fucking grain silo or the pile of grain silos. He's got twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. I'm always on pretty much every yawn fuck every weekday. Uh, you can come and check me out as I'm streaming and having a good time. Go ahead and watch me play games. And then I talk to people and I try weird chips. I've got weird chips to try tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, become a follower. Why not do that? That'd be cool. Uh, I, you know, here's another thing I forgot to tell you. You know, I was watching all the coverage and I told you, I almost slept through it, but then I woke up and I'm watching it and each, each thing is more terrifying than the last. You know what I mean? You're just watching people jump off balconies and shit. You're watching people. Uh, rifling through papers, stealing laptops, doing crazy shit. <clears throat> but here was the thing. Okay. Everybody said initially, they're like, the cops let him in. The cops let him in. And as I talked before, the cops had kind of set up a perimeter that was breached. Now there is one clip from TikTok or whatever, where they opened the gates. Clearly you can see that. I'm not going to dispute that. Yes. We've talked about it earlier, but the, here's the thing that drove me crazy. Yeah. The cops let him in. You know what? I couldn't believe the cops let him out. How the fuck does that happen? That that's, you know, let him in. That's, that's the old trick. That's the fucking palmentary. That's the goddamn Bronx tale. You let him in and they wreak havoc and dance around and they fucking carve shit into doors and they go ahead and steal laptops and they throw a bunch of documents all over the fucking place, which is fine. And then you're like, all right, cool. You're in. That's fine. And behind them, you close the door and you lock it and you go, now you can't leave. And then you bring waves of dudes upon them and you crack their fucking skulls. You know what I mean? There's thousands of people outside. Podcast! Podcast! Podcast.